Warning. Explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Great Northeast BJJ Podcast, Season 1, Episode 21. Finally, the last episode of the season. Super lucky to have Tom DeBlas come into the barn with us. Um, talk about everything, man. If you don't know who Tom DeBlas is, I don't know what to tell you, but he's won everything. ADCC champ, pan champ, coach, motivator, owner of Ocean County BJJ. Uh, if you look on his Facebook page, it says 100% savage with 100% compassion for my fellow humans. I believe that to be true. Um, we just came from a seminar with him and it was awesome. Go train with him. No Jay on this podcast. Jay was out in Arizona living the dream, uh, hiking around in the in the desert after cornering our friend Devin Powell, but he will be back soon. Thank you guys all for listening and hanging in there with us for this whole season of craziness. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, um, Great Northeast BJJ Podcast. Also, greatnortheastbjj.com. Click on the contact button. Enjoy, guys. Anybody know? Anybody know if Whitey Bulger's been to Alcatraz? <laughs> I th- <laughs> I threw that down on the ride back, and it, it and it turns out to be true. Welcome back to Great Northeast. We'll get into that, Riddler. Tell me what to do. Um, while he's not here, I'm going to tell you a story about the day I picked Tom up at the airport. <laughs> I've been to the airport a thousand. I've been to Logan Airport a thousand times. I bet you. Um, I used to be a chauffeur. I used to pick people up all the time. I picked this guy up, and we start. So he brings up Whitey Bulger. I'm all into Whitey Bulger. I'm getting all. Next thing you know, I'm in East Boston. No. I was like, how the hell did we end up in East? I got so fired up thinking about Whitey Bulger and my dad's autographed baseball from Howie Winter and all this stuff. And uh, I was like, oh man, all right. And I know East Boston kind of somewhat, you know, from a long time ago. So I'm like, all right, I just got to take a couple lefts and I'll I'll make a big circle around. <laughs> we'll get back on the highway. So we like roll up and and there's a lady and a couple kids walking, and man, she gave us the look. Did you like, see her makeup? yeah, dude. I didn't want to say nothing because I, I no, I didn't know you. Well, I don't really know you. So yeah, no, no, you do. But it was very awkward to me. It, and she looked at us. She gave us like I don't know why she was so mad. She yeah, I stopped. I don't know. I don't. I think. Uh, Maybe she was mad because she had so much makeup on. I don't know. It was a lot. It wasn't. A, it was not a small amount. It was like the great. Like, and I. W- I didn't want to say anything either because I don't really know you either. But I was just like, <laughs> what? The, what just happened here? <laughs> like this late. Like I mean, she's walking across the street with these two kids, and we're sitting in this truck, and weird. she just glares at us, and she looked like the chick from uh, the Drew Carey show with like blue, just yeah, like it was very weird blue, like a Smurf. And she was she gave she was staring like like walking by, turning her head, staring at us. I think she I think she liked us, you know. Um, welcome back to the Great Northeast BJJ podcast. Um, 
super super thr- uh, excited, grateful to have my friend Tom Blass in here tonight in the barn. What did um, you call me? Tom what? Tom DeBlass? I thought you said Tom Blass. Tom, yeah. <laughs> I think we, I think you missed the D right I there. I don't know, man. I think you and I, we just, we need an interpreter. <laughs> I don't think you understand my New England. Uh, Tom Blass. Tom, Tommy Blass. My man, Tommy Blass in the studio. <laughs> that's cool, though. Yeah, it's like you could be, that's your DJ name. Tommy Blass coming live. Um, so we're back in the studio, Tom DeBlass. Jay is not with us tonight. Jay is still in Arizona. It's going to be the Riddler and I and, and my wife, Amanda, talking to Tom tonight. Um, as always, brought to you by the greatest soap company in the world, Tortuga Soap Company. TortugaSoap.com. Guaranteed to make your jiu-jitsu better, make you better looking. Um, cares anything that, that's wrong with you. Port City BJJ. Uh PortCityBJJ.com. Come train with us. Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Tom's going to do a seminar tomorrow. We're all super stoked for this. That's why he's here. Um, anybody's welcome to train with us anytime. Come on up. Send us a message. Show up. Um, we'd love to have you. And a uh, big shout out to my friend Devin Powell. Uh, fought in the UFC last weekend. That's what Jay was out in Arizona doing, cornering him. Um, Devin fought super hard. Um, you know, fought with a lot of heart, fought with a lot of class, uh, didn't come up with the win, but, uh, man, nothing to be ashamed of. And I know he's getting back to the drawing board and going to come back stronger from this one for sure. Um, so make sure you guys follow Devin Powell. If you, uh, if you're not following him already, he's the man. Um, so we're back in the barn with Tom DeBlass. Tom, How'd you, how'd you, uh, we kind of talked about it on the ride up, but how'd you get into jujitsu in the first place, man? Uh, I was, uh, I was always a, an athlete and competed in something. And in high school, I competed in uh, track and field, believe it or not. I was much smaller. I was like 180 pounds. But even as a track athlete, like I was a tough kid, you know, like I would, the, they would always try to get me to wrestle and or play football. And uh, I actually tore all the ligaments in my left ankle jumping uh i I, uh, playing basketball and jumping i used to long jump and high jump uh in high school i I high jumped uh was it six six five and long jumped uh over 22 feet yeah and uh i couldn't jump off my foot anymore so i i always liked uh, watching ufc and stuff and started i found jujitsu you know and i started uh training at a local school near my town uh and then I found Kurt Pellegrino, who was training under Ricardo, and then I started training with Ricardo. So Ricardo uh, promoted me from blue belt to black belt. So were you like in high school still? Or? No, I was 20. Yeah. Yeah, I was 20 years old when I started. Um, how long? Uh, so when you were a teacher, right? Were you a te- like, a, like a school teacher? Yeah, yeah. I graduated uh, college. I was 22, and I started school teaching the the following day and i taught for three years and then i resigned to do my jiu-jitsu academy full-time you fought mma too a little bit yeah 11 fights I oh fought. no way that's more than a little yeah i fought uh, i was ring combat heavyweight champion uh light heavyweight champion fought in ufc fought in bellator so i fought uh my i only fought for like three years though yeah so it wasn't like a long long career i got out before uh 
for anything too bad happened to me. You know, I've never, never been finished or knocked out or anything. Nice. Um, what? Uh, so you, when you you quit being a school teacher to open a, a jujitsu academy? Yeah, yeah. Well, I remember like <clears throat> I loved teaching, but <clears throat> I was I was like sitting down wondering like, man, like I can't do this from for my whole life. Like I couldn't have a boss for my whole life. You know, like I'm just not built to have a boss. You know, like I'm I take advice, I ask questions, but like people ordering me and telling me what to do, and like at that time is when. Uh, standardized tests really started coming into play and I hated it, you know, and I was like, I didn't feel like I was teaching anymore. You know, it wasn't like, not why I wanted to start teaching. We had to start like teaching towards a test and there was so much like things that we were told to do that I really didn't believe in, you know, as far as the tests are concerned. So it's hard for me to do anything that I don't believe in. So I, uh, I had the support of my parents and Ricardo and within like two months I matched my salary hmm. as a school teacher uh, you know, running my jiu-jitsu school, and I was able to resign. So I was thankful for that. What, uh, were you a black belt at the time? <clears throat> no, I opened up as a purple belt. No kidding. And I got my black belt, I, I got my brown belt like a month after I opened. And then I was only a brown belt for a year, yeah. and I got my black belt. You've like, competed. Oh, you competed yeah. a lot through through all the belts, or? Uh, really, brown belt is when I, I always competed, but brown belt is like I won the that brown belt. I won the Pan American Games, I won the Nationals, and I won the Nogi World Championships at brown belt. Uh, place I took third in the Mundial at brown belt, and then uh, yeah, like I was just I won those four tournaments, and then I got my black belt, and then right after that I won my first ADCC trials. I saw you post something the other day, and it was like about you getting your ass kicked the first time you competed or something like and <laughs> no it wasn't uh it wasn't the first time i competed uh, it was my first blue belt competition and i was like sure that i was gonna win you know uh, like i was always a scrappy kid like even as a white belt like i would give purple belts like hell and uh you know when i was a blue belt i felt really good and i went into the competition and uh the guy was a judo black belt and he like he threw me <laughs> And he, like, threw me right to north-south, and, like, I couldn't get him out. And I was, like, nuts around my head <laughs> for, like, six minutes straight. I was, uh, I was furious. <laughs> Hi, guys. Hey, pal. How Riddler, you doing? Riddler's back. I took care of the dog. Don't worry. We've been, we went all over all the important stuff. So, you're nuts. The guy, guy's nuts for your face for six minutes. <laughs> yeah, I was so upset. Yeah, I didn't want was to, your girlfriend there? I don't know if I had a girlfriend at the time. But I know some of my friends were there. Like they were like, "Oh, don't worry." But at that time, that it it's like the end of the world, you know. It's like because yeah. that's like you want to be known as like a tough guy, and like your friends are like, "Oh, you're spending all this uh, time doing this," and you just yeah, your ass you got your ass whooped. Yeah. Was it a no gi right off the top, or was that a gi, it gi was competition? A gi competition? Yeah, it was gi, and uh, I trained mostly in the gi until brown belt. Yeah, yeah. So how'd you deal with that? Like, I mean, you just get. Right back into the... Yeah, I just kept going. Just yeah. showed up, you know. I always loved jujitsu, not just for the competitive reasons, you know. I just loved to train and be out there testing myself. So I just got back out there as soon as possible. And I don't remember my next competition after that. I didn't compete as frequently between, like, white and purple belt. Once I started, I got my brown belt, I competed, like, a lot, a ton. 
Do you remember some of the guys back when you started? Do you remember some of the people you trained with? Uh, yeah, I do. Uh, you got one, a story? One guy named Henzo Gracie. Oh, uh, yeah. Another guy, Half Gracie. <laughs> Till you train with Half. Hi and Gracie. Yeah, I trained with all those guys. Oh, you I, I, those guys. I was one of Henzo's main uh, sparring partners for his fight with BJ Penn, and I was only a blue belt. Yep. And uh, in the room was like me, Dante Rivera, Ricardo Almeida, Henzo Gracie, Half Gracie, Hi and Gracie. And that was it, man. You know. Do you mind me asking? You know, you mind talking about that a little bit? No, it's cool. Sure. Yeah. So, like, what was what was a what was a training? For someone like Enzo at that point, like what were you dealing with? Like you're coming in, is that guy training all day or is this kind of a, is it, is it like it is now? Enzo never, uh, he never trained too much. You know? <laughs> Enzo never trained too much. Enzo, Enzo's Enzo, you know. Yeah. But he would come to Ricardo to, and, and Ricardo would kind of like set the tone of the, of the practice and, right. and would kind of like force Enzo to train a little harder. So, uh, yeah, like at first you don't know what to do. You know, you want to be respectful, right? But then, like, you know, you become teammates, and you, you understand that in order to help him, you have to spar hard. Well, what was he looking for? Was he was he looking for, or not? I don't mean just him, but I mean, like, I'd imagine the training around that time was a little different than it is now. It probably wasn't maybe as scientific. Am I crazy? You know, to be honest, all our MMA training for the most part, we, we our team always spars hard. Yeah, we just always go did. For it. We yeah. we went hard. Like my, our sparring was fights, and it was that way until I got out of it, which was about two years ago. I don't know how they spar now since those two years, because since the last time, like since I said I was done fighting, I've never sparred. So that was then. only two years ago, huh? Maybe three. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, not that long ago. Yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah. Not not too long. Three years ago. That's crazy, man. Just my last fight. So were you down in New York City training with those guys? No, like, we would meet at Ricardo. So Hanzo would go uh, to Ricardo's, and that's when Ricardo's in Borden Town. I would go to the city as well. Yeah. I would go to Hanzo's as well and train there. But, uh, you know, we we would just spar MMA, you know, start from the feet and go on the ground and, you know. I mean, house has got a pretty pretty big reputation of, of going hard, of being uh, – they were all so nice, you know. Yeah. Like, I mean, we we would spar hard, but like they were always very, uh, very controlled, you know. Like they weren't jerks. I yeah. mean, I always had the reputation as I came up to be like a, a guy that sparred pretty hard, you know. Uh, I don't think like that was never like a fun sparring match. Yeah, it's not like if people are going on a visa day, I'm going to spar with Tom. That was never that right. way, you know. Uh, but it was that way because it's like, man, it's like. You take a puppy and you put him in the, you know, in the room with all the big the dogs. Wolves, yeah. and he's getting bit. <laughs> you know, they only know one way. You know, and that's like how I was brought up. I only know one way. You know, and uh, even when I train now, you know, I, I train pretty intense. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, I mean, but it was always like sparring MMA. People get hurt. You know, uh, on, which is actually I, I started not liking that too much. I didn't mind knocking out. Uh, Sparring partners in the beginning, it didn't bother me. Right. I got my daughter, my mind started yeah. changing, you know. Well, I think that's going to do it to anybody. You, yeah. you have kids and the whole world changes, yeah. right? But and, you, and you get older and you think like, man, like, you're knocking these guys out that well, are helping you. For people it's who don't have an effect yeah. on them. You know, like, why are you doing that for, you know? Right. But for, that's, they wanted to fight too. Right. And it's not like trying to knock them out. It just happens. For people who were just kind of a little more casual about this. So just... 
if you don't mind, just a little more uh, description about what that's like. Are you guys wearing headgear and shit, or are you going with four ounce, you know, MMA thing? What do you? Do? How do you actually handle like hard sparring without killing each other? I never wore headgear. Everybody else, I, sp- I mean, everybody usually liked to wear headgear. Right. I never did particularly. Uh, I just never liked it. Right. Uh, we would spar hard with boxing gloves. We wouldn't like put on MMA gloves and try to kill each other. When right. we would do like ground and pound drills and stuff, we wear MMA gloves and we would keep right. it real. You know, we wouldn't like kill each other mm-hmm. uh but boxing gloves we would go hard you know never elbowing in the face or that's what i'm like saying that. you got to deal with elbows and knees and shit like that and that's no, we would need but not to the head right right you know was your like was your style like did you try to learn boxing and, and striking oh, yeah. out yeah of a stri- man oh. like when i fought i was more of a stand-up guy yeah believe it or not like because jujitsu like uh <clears throat> people are very good at like not necessarily knowing jiu-jitsu, but knowing how not to be submitted. Mm-hmm. Like, think about how many people successfully transitioned their jiu-jitsu into MMA. Right. Damian Maya. Right. Who yeah, else? So many, He's yeah. the best example, for sure. Who else? And Damian's Gunner. very wrestling. Yeah, but did, I mean, Damian versus Gunner, yeah. you're talking about. <laughs> Tell him to blast. I'm not telling you what to think. I'm just no, throwing no. names out. <laughs> no, I'm saying, like, Gunner, Gunner did, but, like, uh, no, but, like, no one did it like Damian. Right. Yeah, yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, you want Hodger fought Tim Kennedy. Tim Kennedy, like, outgrappled him. Right. You, know? it, it, you think you're thinking about it's it's easier to defend that shit than it is to apply that shit? Is that what it is? Like, or not? It's not easier like to defend. It's easier to learn how to do that. Well, here's, yeah. a, well, here's a perfect example. <clears throat> yeah. The rounds are only five minutes. Right. If you land on the bottom and the person on top does absolutely nothing, yep. just throws two hammer fists, they win the round. Right. In the jiu-jitsu competition, they're getting called for stalling. They're gonna stand you back up, bro. Five minutes is nothing. Yeah, nothing. Everybody's Just getting in warmed shape, up yeah. in jujitsu. Right. There's nothing. How right. about yeah? Do you want to weigh in on the? Uh, okay, so uh, you, you go in, you 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 take the guy down, you get mount, you finally get to where you are, or even just side control, you get there. In MMA, we're talking yeah. about. Round runs out. Everybody stands up. You got to start again. I mean, yeah. right there, it's going to point towards this. You should start where you left off, right? So if for not, me, you know, I think right. a part of it was like, man, like, I don't want to waste all this energy, like, trying to take the fight to the ground. Right. If they stand back up, you right. know, like, I would just, I was just like, let me, let me knock them out or let me try to knock them out. You know, and I did uh, very well on my feet always. Like, I think literally the only person who beat me up on the feet ever was uh, Carlos Brooks in Bellator and, uh, first round you know i wasn't ready for that either because i hit really hard and i was fast and and he started like punching the shit out of me and i was like what the fuck <laughs> i remember i was like this is horrible right? <laughs> and i was like fuck man like you know but we i was able to switch game plans in between rounds and i won the fight but there was no easy first round you know yeah and i never really got hit on the feet like i never got hit on the feet too much you know what i mean like i got hit here and there yeah but like i never been like like you see guys swinging toe to toe like your boy last week like yeah. you know yeah, he, yeah. he went hard and i never was in like a stand-up fight like that i was always, i would move i would get away you know what i mean like yeah. i would never do that and uh he kind of forced me to do it a little bit and it's fucking terrible <laughs> <laughs> it's horrible did you, yeah did you train did you train like boxing for that oh, yeah. you, is that what like yeah, I trained a ton of boxing. Yeah, most of my training was boxing training. Yeah, I really got too much away from jujitsu. I would train jujitsu once a week, probably. Were you getting the boxing training from the Henzo these guys? Or? I would train with uh, Mark Henry and, okay. and Frank oh, yeah. Savannah. Yeah, uh, they were my boxing coaches. Yeah, Jay's gonna 
fucking die when he hears that we just did this interview and he's not here. Yeah, well, whatever. He's off living the dream he's in the warm desert right Did you now. already tell everybody where Jay was? Yeah, man. He, all right, uh, it's all good. I don't want to break up the thing, but okay, cool. Hey, so when you were like a kid, what were, you know, were you thinking like, man, I want to be a jujitsu fighter, you know? What were you thinking you wanted to do when you were a kid, like when you grew up? I didn't want to have a normal job. Yeah. I couldn't imagine. I, I, I didn't, like I would think of life and I would just be like, man, I'm supposed to go to school, be told what to do by teachers, <laughs> do schoolwork I don't want to do, graduate. I have to go to college because it's just what it is in my, like my yeah. mom, my dad, like I was going to college and have like a job, like a real job. Like I wanted to be like some kind of an athlete, you know, I, I didn't know of jujitsu or running my own martial arts business or anything or, you know, like having a voice, you know, like I didn't think about these things. Even now, like there's so much more things I have to do than what I've already done. But yeah, I didn't want to have like your normal nine to five job. And then, you know, there's a lot of nine to five people. They might say, oh, you know, you're really lucky to have the life you have. But like, man, like live in my world for one week. (laughs) It's not easy. (laughs) People, yeah. Be forced to train like I train and deal with the shit that I deal with on a week. Yeah. On a daily basis. Your day today, you got, I don't even know what you did this morning, but you get up on the goddamn plane, you get off a plane, you got to listen to George oh talk to God, you for like seriously. a good two hours in the fucking car. It wasn't that long. Right? You got to be <laughs> Bro, beat, it was, it was, beat to hell. It was, it was brutal because his, his <laughs> car, first of all, no offense. <laughs> no, 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 no. This his is how this podcast like, goes. His car smells like uh, weed. Pepper. Pepper. It does right. not smell like weed, no, man. <laughs> <laughs> it smells like, like salt and pepper, so it smells like... like uh, not even like a hoagie, like just like, <laughs> just like the smell like condiments. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. It made him hungry. That's and why he's like, so hungry, man. Oh, and then he's like, uh, <laughs> he's like, we start talking about the whitey bulger. Oh man, I, we almost ended up. Who knows where we're gonna end up? And it was probably it was, it was like two hours the ride. And, uh, <laughs> you guys came from Logan. It's like 45 minutes, but whatever. Oh, Find man. a whitey bulger. Listen, we yeah. talked about a lot of important stuff. Oh, but listen then. We go eat, and I just got these sneakers, right? So uh-huh. we go, nice. We go eat, and then afterwards he's like, "Oh, I'm just gonna let me let me take you for a walk." And I'm, bro, I'm like I'm a little tired. It's cold. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't like cold, you know. Yeah. So we start walking, and like we pass a bunch of cool stuff. Yeah. And then like we're walking into like nothing. Where and are? I, and I finally say, yeah. "But listen, it's only snow." And I'm like trucking through snow. And I'm like, bro. I'm like, what are you doing? I'm like, where, where are you taking me right now? And he took me to see some really cool old buildings, <laughs> which are really cool. You know, I, I appreciated them. I took him down to Strawberry Bank. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I showed him. I was, well, it's, it's important <laughs> that you get your historical you New get Hampshire on at some point, but like it. right now. <laughs> I don't know. when. This is his only chance, man. <laughs> no, you know what's funny? I you could have taken him. To, there's like eight, eight great bars <laughs> in Portsmouth ah, that you could have just sat I, at. I can't I, I, fucking rewrite. I've been, been kicked out of all them places. That's true. I'm not allowed. No, but them. I talked. My mom asked me how it is, and it's a really cool place up here. Yeah, Portsmouth. I, I, I really like it a lot. So yeah. I, I was thankful for it. But in in the beginning, I'm like, oh, bro, what is happening? Oh, what <laughs> it, it, and not only does the car <laughs> apparently <laughs> smells, but it's like 900 degrees. It would go from truck. no, but then and then <laughs> it would get cold, freezing. Like it would be either super hot or super cold. It's right? true, man. I'm I, like, I'm like. The heat is barely on. It's like an inferno in there. I turn it off, and a minute later, I'm like, "Holy shit, I'm freezing uh, in this thing." Brutal. George is, <laughs> is pretty. Uh, 
he's legendary for epic journeys and shit. Mm, that's know. the truth. It's true. Whenever I get into a car with George, I'm like, this is going to be an experience. What's and it weird is. is you remind me a lot. You talk very much as my boxing coach, Frank Savannah. That's funny. Like identical. Like it's weird. Ah. But you also kind of remind me of uh, like Chell Sonnen. He <laughs> looks exactly. We yeah. call him the mini jail. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard that yeah. before. Right. Oh, man. No, we got to get jail on is, here. Is Frank Savannah also super, super short? Frank talks and laughs like him. He now. must be handsome. He's got to be a good look. I mean, Chael's a good looking guy. Did you guy. see Chael the other day? Damn, he dropped it on Tito. I'm like, this is oh, not even funny anymore. This is like... about his wife, right? Oh, yeah. his wife. Jeez. Yeah. Heavy uh, stuff. Yeah. Better him than me. Yeah, oh, exactly man. right. Wow. Yeah, so listen. It was a memorable ride up. We talked about Whitey Bulger. Mm. We talked about the perfect storm. Right. Talked about Salem. Witches, yeah, awesome. Everything that I, re- I really was interested in with the the whitey stuff. I, yeah, I, that is that is actually a yeah. a heavy thing. Well, plus it's you get it in the movies, we, you get we all were, that shit. We were yeah. talking about how you know some people like absolutely loved them and some people hated them, and it's funny because uh, I think every leader, and you know you'd hate to call him a leader, but yeah, he, he was, was. Uh, leader, yeah. has that same thing. And you know, I was thinking there's people out there that you could ask them. What do you think of Tom the Blast? And some people are going to be like, man, that guy is so great for jujitsu and he's so right. inspirational and he's amazing. And then other people are going to be like, man, that he's fake. He's a fucking scumbag. He's this, he's yeah. that. And uh, I think everybody's right. Well, you have <laughs> a, you have a, tell me if I'm wrong, but you have a substantial following on yeah, social yeah. media. Really big, yeah. What's your uh, main platform? Is it Facebook for you? Uh, my Instagram was catching up. Yeah, uh, it was. Uh, see, here's what people don't understand: on Instagram, all your biggest jujitsu fa- like fighters, they all buy their likes. Right, right. They do. Right. Of course, no. if you type yeah. in a certain no, hashtag, not just you'll see dudes, they yeah. automatically like your shit. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, they buy their stuff, and I tell people, I bust balls all the time. People close to me, their shit gets bought. I don't buy nothing. Everything for me is homegrown. You know, so Organic. I'm just putting yeah. out. You know. Instagram, like I posted two Instagram posts today that got over like a thousand likes, you know? Nice. And people, like, oh, you only care about likes. No, stupid. My business <laughs> is the business of people. Right. You know, so I have to reach people, you know? And I still think my Facebook is, is bigger. Like some stuff I put out really goes goes viral. But I think this is just the beginning, you know? Like I think it's going to be much bigger it's just going to keep growing, you know? Well, there's a big jump with uh, age groups where people over a certain age are going to be on Facebook. And now a little more Instagram now, but definitely people under the age of 25 are just not Facebooking all day. They're they're going to be living on the Instagram. Yeah. They're going to look, you know, Twitter is Twitter's changing again now over the last couple of months. I deleted what, my you know, Twitter. I, yeah. I hated Twitter. Twitter sucks, but there's a lot of people yeah. that, especially young people, uh, I know my two boys, they just get all their news from Twitter. There's no, te- yeah. they don't even have television. And they're not going to websites and watching CNN or any of that bullshit at all. They're just getting all the news right off Twitter, yeah, right Twitter. directly. So they don't get it off Reddit. They all no. That that's different. Like, that's the that's the pointer. But the moment to moment shit is, yeah. There's no question between Reddit and Twitter. But that's a like anything else. I mean, I think that's where rock and roll is. I think you know, like rock and roll's job is to like piss off your parents, right? And so you know, you're in that generation where. You know, if your kid comes along and it's like playing their music too loud, you're gonna be like, "Fuck yeah!" You know, you're gonna be like, "That's not gonna piss you off, right?" So the kids have to find a way to piss you off, right? I think that same thing's already starting to happen with social media. It's like, "What are you still on Facebook, old man?" kind of thing. 
but I, I think jujitsu, on the other hand, I think you I think know there's a big Facebook still, thing. Man. I don't know. I think Facebook. I think Facebook is gonna reign supreme for a long time. I tell you why. They bought Instagram. Yeah, I think you're right there. And plus, yeah. if you look at Facebook, everything you could get from Instagram, from Twitter, yeah, you could get like there's it's trending there. things on Facebook. Yeah. It has everything, man. Like you could literally look up like porn on Facebook. Yeah, of course. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> Like it, it's it's out of control. George knows that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's literally. I'm still out of trying to figure out how my truck smells <laughs> yeah. like salt and pepper. There, stop. There's nothing censored. <laughs> yeah. No, you know? and 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 also, I guess you could make a, a to argue the other side of it. You know, who's going to bet against Zuckerberg, right? So it's like in the end, there's who knows what's going to happen in five years, you, you like know, you said. You know, I'll tell you why Facebook is always going to reign supreme. People, it gives people a voice. Yeah, that normally don't have a voice. Some of them shouldn't have a voice. Most of them shouldn't have a voice. <laughs> yeah. It gives people a, a presence, and like, like they they could talk when they wouldn't in person. You know. Yeah. How do you deal with that? Like sometimes, I mean, like you, because I see you replying to stuff. Yeah. Most times, this shit, this shit's funny because I get stuff from all around the world. You know? Right. But uh, I have a rule: if you're within driving distance, be careful. You know, watch your mouth because I don't give a fuck. You know, and it's not the people say, "Oh, you should be above that. You should be professional." No. <laughs> I'll break your face. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're I really in, will. Uh, and, you know, you're I, in the fighting business. I, I, Come on, you know, but it's, it's beyond the fighting business. You know, like it's not even. It's not an MMA fight. The, 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 the real world is we're, we're not we're not put on gloves. You know, like I'm a kind person. I'm nice. I really am. I really have compassion for people, and I really want the best for people. Yeah, uh, that flows through. Yeah. Who I am on Facebook is not who I am 100% because I'm a professional, you know? Right. So, I, like, I always tell Gary and Gordon, you guys got to be more professional. You know, you got to appeal to everybody, and you have to find a way. So, some people say I'm fake by doing that. I'm not fake because everything I put out is real. Yeah. You're just not getting the whole part of me, right? So, on Facebook, when someone talks shit, like, I might laugh it off or I might not respond. Face-to-face, -face, it would be different. You know what I mean? So, it, it wasn't until recently to where somebody pissed me off, uh... Because they were a little too close to home, running their mouth. Yeah, you know. But uh, otherwise, it's just a joke to me. Do you feel like people are doing that? I mean, are they doing it to light you up? I, let me be more specific. Obviously, there's trolls. Trolls are going to try to light you up. But someone who's actually a little too close, you know, are they trying to? I think people forget. What happens is this: <clears throat> what jujitsu does is it, it, it forces you to keep to have a sense of reality, right? So <clears throat> let me tell. I'll tell one story first. There's this real big muscle head that came into my school one time. Okay. Nice guy. Everybody wrote him off of me. I thought he was enemy. I mean, listen, not your normal muscular guy. I mean, 290 Jacked. pounds, bodybuilder, right? Every, people knew him. Not, listen, this guy, trust me, trust me. And I always, I will never write somebody off when they come through my doors. Never. Because this might be their chance to, to turn their life around. He trained my, my instructor, 150 pounds. Within a minute and a half, he quit. He had a panic attack. The 290 yes. panic attack. Yeah. And he never came back. And that bothers me because I feel I failed him. Uh, Listen to you. Yeah. But what happens is since he's not training, I'm sure he's he's taught, he's looked in the mirror enough times and told himself yeah. he's big shit and he's tough. And he forgot about that feeling. He forgot about how he felt. The panic attack. Listen, I've had, I've had, all kinds of military come through my doors, law enforcement, bodybuilders, street fighters. I've seen everybody break on those mats, you know? 
what happens when people stop training is they forget that they could be dominated by another human being. But more so than that, they look at jujitsu and they say, oh, it's just jujitsu. Oh, it's just jujitsu. They, they only, it's not real life. It's not real life fighting. Bunch like, of guys rolling around in pajamas. Yeah, and listen, some people, some jujitsu fighters are not fighters. They're jujitsu fighters. They're not, I didn't come up a jujitsu fighter. Like I've seen some, I was always taught from the time I was four years old, three, three years old. You fight, you punch them in their Adam's apple. What if that? What if you kill them? Well, then fuck them. Right. They shouldn't fight with you, you know? Right. I, I didn't grow up coddled, you know? So my way of doing things is different. You know, like I, I know people, I say all the time, like <laughs> I know people from every walk of life, like professionals, politicians, and then I know people who, most people wouldn't want to know and i'm friendly with everybody i could go anywhere and i get on because i have friends everywhere and i think sometimes people forget you know the reality of things and i always say like you could have guns it's no problem you better be ready to pull the trigger if you run into me and i'm you're not on my good side because i'm it doesn't matter to me like you're not you're never gonna like we said we were talking about today you said the one guy on his grave he was pressed. To yeah, death. holy shit! Right. So, what That's does that right. mean? Pressed to death. But you said that all the way to his death, he he died talking shit. He died as a man. You know, yeah. it was like Braveheart. Yeah, but and here's the thing: everything I did in life, if I was forced in that situation and I broke, and I didn't look death in the eye, nothing I did would be meaningful. I'd rather die than look at my kids after that. You know what I mean? So I think a lot of people like to talk. Most people aren't willing to live it. Where did that shit come from? You mind me asking? I think uh, my grandfather was, uh, like, I'm the, between my grandfather and my father and me, I'm, like, physically the weakest. And I'm not weak by any means. Uh, (laughs) My grandfather used to be able to build, build, uh, bend railroad spikes (laughs) back and forth until they would break, actually. Uh, Jesus. Yeah, he would be able to do fingertip chin-ups, one arm, like true one-arm chin-ups. My dad used to uh, get, <laughs> he was an alcoholic. Uh, you know, he got mixed up with drugs and alcohol. And so I seen a lot of stuff. And uh, but we were always still close, you know. And just to entertain me, he would get like the red bricks and just be like, hey, look at this. And he just put the, the brick down on the on the concrete and he would punch it and shatter it. If I did that, I would, like, my just, poor hands. <laughs> you mean, right? you're not talking about he's not sitting it up against a bunch of shit. You're saying just No, he, a red building brick. Not like, a, not like a karate brick. <laughs> no, I, I know. Like yeah. a building brick. And he'd put it flat on the God ground it, man. and just punch it, and it would shatter into pieces. <laughs> like, that's not normal shit. <laughs> no, it's not. How many guys uh, you know uh, can do that right now? No one. Exactly. Right. And, and, this, and, and, this fit, and his fist is hit. Other heads. Yeah, you know it can't I mean? be so good. I was always just, I was always taught not to be a coward, not to be a punk, you know? But in that sense, like, I would never fight for no reason. I I never bullied anyone. I'm, yeah. I always stuck up for the underdog. I never, I can't, bullying makes me sick, you know? Uh, I don't like bullies, though, you know? And I find some people, they're bullies, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, you're, you're setting this whole thing up 
it's kind of awkward talking about it with you right here, but it's like it kind of sounds like you're setting it up with this whole set of honor, this whole like, an honor system oh, that yeah. goes with the whole I thing. Because you could you could yeah. take this all really dark in one second, you know? Oh, yeah. I, I have a blast set of rules that I live by, and I never deviate all right. from my rules. Let's hear. Let's hear. It, it depends, though. It's not like it's not like Ten Commandments, but I have yeah. certain rules that I don't deviate from that make my life yeah. work. So you, you can know? make decisions relatively quickly. Yeah. Like... Uh, loyalty is number one like i'm very very loyal to my friends and and my boys and you know friendship you know i would do like my friend could come up to me and it's crazy because like that's what i'm saying how some people will say i'm a great guy right and some people will say that guy's not a great guy he's a piece of shit and i say they're both right because my friend could literally be like bro i got into a fight and i killed this guy and i'll be like how do we get you out of trouble? <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, I wouldn't be like do the right thing. Yeah, you know? right, right. Like, and maybe I should be like you should yeah. do the right thing. But in my mind, it's like, <laughs> all right, bro, we gotta we gotta get you safe because because I don't surround myself with people who would kill someone for no reason. Right, you're giving them the the. So the I good know faith. if that happened, yeah. that motherfucker deserved it. Yeah, right? yeah, you know. Right. So, but the other guy's friends would think you're a scumbag for doing it. A hundred percent. Right, and, and normal human beings might think I am. You know, and. uh but in order to get close to me, people, have, and this might sound arrogant, but it's not, people have to go through like rigorous tests that they don't even know they're yeah, going through. Right, right, yeah. They don't even know they're going through. And it's getting them closer and closer to finally build my trust. And I'm friends with everybody, but I'm not very, very close with many people. Well, I mean, you, you, it's easy to, I mean, one of the cool things about Facebook is you get, you know, memes and, and, comfortable phrases all the time you know surround yourself with great people surround you do all this kind of stuff but it's it's way easier to say that shit than it is to actually do it if you're actually going to surround yourself with good people that means you're going to get rid of the people in your life that are that are doing the and wrong what's, thing and what's, and what's good people so we have this uh and i don't like listen i'm not going to get into political discussion i'm not good. a trump fan i'm not an i'm not a hillary fan i don't like either of them but i'm going to say this who's a good person so Trump's a piece of shit, people say. Okay, maybe he is. But how are these people who are saying Trump is a piece of shit going to say Hillary's not? Why? Because she hides it better? Because she hides it? Because when her husband gets head in the Oval Office, <laughs> that he doesn't talk about it? That Hillary doesn't talk about it? That when she sees her her, her husband checking out uh, you know, the lady, <laughs> she she just it's looks just at him all like, brutality. Oh, well, right. you shouldn't do that. Listen, yeah. they're all fake. Donald man. likes to get peed on by Russian chicks. They're all no, fake, man. Yeah. They're yeah. like, you know, so, so yeah. this is what I'm saying. Like, I try not to judge too many people, you know, because most of the time these people who are judging, they're committing the same sins. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. You know, they're committing, you know, so yeah. who am I to say your sin is worse than mine? You know? And even without the hypocrisy, you know, none of us really know exactly what's going on with no. all this shit. I mean, everybody's got these most complicated are, lives. Most you know? people don't know. They Mentally, I feel, and again, People may take this as arrogance. Mentally, I'm a few steps ahead most times. I, I feel, you know, uh, that's why I am able to grow the so, my social media the way I am. And Everybody's got their fucking X Men, you know, yes. ability. Yes. Yeah, they just do, and if that's what yours is, is what you're doing. And 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 I, I believe my my ability to read people and and be someone that other people want to be around is better than my jujitsu, better than my fighting ability, you know? And and the thing is, I don't do it with wrong intentions, you know? Like, my intentions are truly to help as many people as I could. It's never money. Lord knows I'm not perfect, but every day I wake up, I pray, and I thank God immediately before I turn on my phone for everything he's given me. And, and I ask him, you know what? 
help me to to keep touching lives and and help people find me that need me right uh what about what do you know you're just a jiu-jitsu instructor that's bullshit you you have control over a set of skills that is in our no one's going to argue anymore that people change if you apply those skills if you have someone like you around who can put those skills onto people sorry you set me off not you're inside me the idea is so <laughs> nice. it's these things change people jiu-jitsu is not the only goddamn thing that does this but this is one of those things that some 100%. people need i am a different person because of this shit period you're 100 percent right and 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 i've seen millionaires change through it i've seen doctors lawyers everybody and the thing is it's not just jujitsu. It's my students have seen me out there suffering. You know, they've seen me not breaking. They've seen me in uncomfortable positions. They've seen me fail. They've seen me come back from failure, you know. And it's also the things I've been through in life that I was able to overcome and be where I am now. And I am an educated guy. I did graduate college. I know what it's like to, to work the nine to five and be a school teacher. I can relate to a lot of people. And I know what it feels like to want to take your own life because I've been there as well. I know what it feels like to be depressed. I'm so, I know if I'm feeling off, I know exactly what vitamin I'm missing. I know if my hormones are off. I know if my if there's if it's something chemically off. I'm so in tune with my body, and I've been to doctors and blood work. Like, oh, today, man, like most likely you need like some more GABA, you know, and then I'll take that, you yeah. know. Uh, I'm I'm smart with that kind of stuff, and I know how it feels like though to not know it. So most people who feel so horrible, it's like there's no light at the end of their tunnel. And like man, like I just feel like I'm a, a perfect example. Of, there's really a light because when I was so depressed like this, I didn't even I was a white belt. I had no name, you know. I was nobody, you know. And I was able to overcome those situations. The reason why I was so depressed was because a lot of the things I've been through in my life that I've seen. So. Instead of staying behind Facebook and, you know, talking shit to people, putting them down, making them feel bad, I try to understand why are they the way they are. You know what I mean? Like, how, what can we do to help these people? And uh, I, I believe first and foremost before any, before anything, I, I do have compassion, you know. And, and then, again, you say you have compassion, but if you see somebody... You'll break their face. Listen, I didn't say I believe in turning the other cheek. <laughs> I said I believe in compassion. But there's some compassion in that right there. But when when someone when you if you work really hard for something or all the things you've done in order to get to where you are, when someone's faced with you, especially in 2017, especially with all the social media, it's a lot easier to try to find what your problem is than to admit to oneself that maybe they haven't worked. Maybe they have some work in front of them. Oh. It's way easier to go, well, that guy sucks because of X, than going, Jesus Christ, I best get up in the morning and, and, and do something instead of complaining. Envy is a motherfucker. You know, envy is the root of all evil. You know, I, I truly believe it. And uh, one of the things I try to teach my kids in my kids' class is when another child is promoted, for them to be happy for that child because they want the promotion. Yeah. Learn to be happy for other people's success. Cool. I believe... If you're not happy for other people's success and you're envious and you're jealous, I believe good things won't be. I do believe in the laws of attraction. I, I believe good gets brought to you, you know, or negative gets brought to you. So that's why I try not also to focus on too much negativity because I don't I just don't like that energy, you know. But, yeah, most people, they say they want something, but are they really willing to work for it? And then when they find out 
they're not willing to work for it, they'll resent the people who are. But it's something you can practice too, right? Like, I mean, I feel like I used to not, I used to feel like I used to be one of those people that'd be like, well, fuck that guy, man. He's getting all this stuff and I want that, you know? But like I've practiced, I think like. Did you practice or did you finally taste the success with your soap company? <laughs> I don't know. That made you not bitter. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Yeah, Maybe, you, yeah. He had been not I bitter mean, before the soap company. Yeah, I don't know. But I mean, I, but I feel like, and sometimes it even creeps in back in a little bit. And I'm like, ah, and, and I have to think like, no, dude, good for that guy for doing. But yeah, but you're, you're recognizing it, right? You know, I, I think human nature. We were competitors. Like we're right. all competitors. You know, we have to be. Well, there's competing, but then there's. So this competing and what that brings to, to I'll speak for myself. So that can bring fuel to my life. That can that can fuel the fire for me to go and do something else. To so look at somebody else and go, God damn it, I I want that too. But that doesn't mean that I need to take that away from that dude. Yeah, yeah. Like if that dude gets whatever, yeah, I could go and fucking get it too. I don't need that one thing. It should inspire. Yeah, right. I'm always happy when. No, maybe I don't want to speak for myself, but it, but it, it's like you know, George. George goes and fucking does something beautiful. How could that possibly be a bad thing for me? It's like that's my friend. Go for it, even if it wasn't. You know, that's the thing, and, and you Fuck can yeah. learn from it. Like yeah, for me, if I see somebody, it's if an I awesome see somebody thing. do something well, I, I want to learn how they did it. You yeah, know I mean, show me how you did that. You know, and, yeah. so, and you see the same thing on the mats. Some right. people oh, the they don't want to ask tricky, questions. Yeah. yeah, they lose it. They get tapped. <laughs> they don't want to ask questions. Listen, so if you yeah. tap me in something, I remember one time, my now my heel hook defense. I, I will safely say I don't think, geez, 100% heel hook defense top five in the world, top three in the world, uh, by 100%. And we, we, all, we, we passed around your uh, your last two, your last couple of them. You know, like, so we do this? It's not going to happen. Go on, man. You know, you, know, you have a great video it's on just, that one. It's, it's awesome. Just, it's just not <laughs> happening with most people. Yeah. They're not catching me. But the reason why it's not happening, when Gordon first started getting good with the heel hook, uh, well, he, he sucked for a while. <laughs> and then out of nowhere, he found out how to finish the outside Ashkunami. He found out how to finish that heel hook. And he started catching me with it. And catch, I mean, not just a little bit. I mean, repeatedly. And like, we're talking about something like, I haven't been arm barred in training probably since like eight years. Like, I don't, I haven't been triangled in training in like seven years. Like, guillotined. I just can't even think. Like, I don't really get submitted often, you know? And then Gordon came in one day. He hit me with like eight heel hooks in a row. And I was awesome. like, what the yeah. fuck yeah. is this? All of a sudden, everybody's going to get better now. I'm like, oh my gosh. But this went on, yeah. you know? And uh, many people would, would in right. my position, from it, like in my position, it. they wouldn't train with So no, I'm not going to look bad. For me... I remember one day we went for an hour and a half straight and I had him start in the heel position for an hour and a half straight yeah. and I must have been caught 170 times. This is me, who I am now. My students are there. I don't give a fuck. I care <laughs> about figuring out how to stop that heel hook. That is so instead of me fuck, being yeah. like, I hate that kid, I'm like, no, man. Like, I'm so thankful yeah. that I'm able to see that in training because I want to learn how to defend it. Now, it's not very easy. You know, and uh, literally most people could have it fully locked in and I could just like, all right. So the experience brought you to the to another level at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. How could be? How, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I understand what you're saying. It's 
I mean, that's everything I've ever had. Everything I have is because of shit like this. It's because of going, that sucked. I don't want it. I just fucking went off. I don't want to talk about it on the podcast. I went off the other day. I was just talking to George. Like, I got aced beyond, like, all levels. I'm an old dude, and I hate it when you, you people younger than me ace me. And I don't mind getting beat up or whatever. That's fine. But just completely aced. No solution. Zero solution. That shit just drives me bananas. Tom, I don't have enough time in my life to dedicate. Jiu-jitsu <laughs> is a, a wonderful hobby that I love forever, but I have just, another passion yeah, that yeah. I need to keep staying up late at night for, and it will fucking eat me up. And that's not a bad thing. I'm not mad at it. I'm just, it's like, fuck. But you know what's crazy? That, will, that, that attitude right there is good for you. We're in the same sense will make other people quit. So I try to tell people in your position, like. Make them quit. Yeah, they won't. They won't want to come back because everybody's kind of different, right? Yeah, that yeah, might yeah. defeat somebody. Yeah, where for some people be like someone else. It's fuel for the fire. Yeah, exactly. To where like other people can't stand being in that position. That's why I try to tell my guys like, listen, like the fact that you are, are you fifty two. You said the fact that you're getting on the mats at fifty two years old when you don't have to is commendable, right? Just be be thankful, like be happy. Like, well, that's the funny part is I am just sort of like I go in and I just have a good time, yeah. and it kind of I actually get kind of. We're, we don't talk about me, but the bottom line, it, it is weird sometimes. Like I think, well, I should go seven times a week, and I should do all these things. I'm kind of letting everybody down. I'm not fucking letting everybody down. I've already been up this mountain with the judo thing once, and you know, or part of way, part of the way up the mountain. And I just love doing this, but I don't get that. I mean, I think so. I teach for uh, for part of my living. I, I I teach in a college, um, and it's like I always. You said something that just went all the way through my head, which is I say the same thing. It's like if. If somebody fails my class because I fucked up, it's like it's my job to make sure that that person doesn't fail the class. Yeah, is that what you meant? You you kind of yeah, you, sure. you kind of threw it in the middle of the sentence. So how do you make that? Do you have any way of putting into words making that jump with a younger person where you're like, "Fuck this, I'm out of here." How do you get them to go? No, 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 no. Redirect. That's like that's the rocket fuel, man. Yeah. So now I've actually had to make peace knowing that i i can't control every person oh shit you know yeah uh, i can't it's impossible i used to go i used to get really depressed i used to get really bent out of shape when i would lose students you know like it's such a slap in the face like man you're gonna quit training like you're not gonna train like this means so much to me you know what i mean like <laughs> i put so much into this like man like jujitsu could help you you know and it could help any aspect of your life and now you're just gonna quit on me you know and uh I think my students see now that they see who I am. You know, like I'm, I am, uh, I'm pulled in a million different directions. You know, people are always wanting me for seminars, and they like get to see me every day. You know, they they get me every day, and to, to them, I'm just Professor Tom. Then when they go visit somewhere else, and they're like, "Oh man, you train with Tom the Blast," you know what I mean? Like that's so cool. They're like, "Wait a second, you know, like this same guy who's like." talking shit and busting balls and right. in the middle of the mats because i'm you know i'm down to earth you know right i i am very real with them like i'll i'll be i'll let them know i i feel bad but now i'm to a point to where it's like these people are spoiled in my academy people okay. in jiu-jitsu nowadays are spoiled they didn't, they didn't start when like i used train was training in it it was just terrible. This yeah. is a commonality with people that are on like the, the podcast. Academies were to just just like, the whole experience of jujitsu when yeah, you started get is not like now, now, right? You get murdered, ass, you know. Uh, and there's no, there's no you, yeah. going on Facebook and re-typing <laughs> in 
what how what do I do when I get killed in a thousand right. Jiu-Jitsu Times articles positive uh, there is no there was no Tom the Blast <laughs> Facebook statuses back then right <laughs> seventy two ways to escape it the guillotine gr- by every best Jiu-Jitsu guy in the it world was grab right. your nuts buckle up and move right and I say grab your nuts because girls weren't even really training back right, then right because right. they wouldn't dare to step foot in such a grimy disgusting place yeah, yeah. right yeah. and now it's it's a place for everybody and I'm like man like. I go out of my way. My academy is pristine. It's clean. It's it's nice. The facility is great. And if you don't want to be a part of that, don't be a part of it. Don't waste my fucking time. Because I'm going to give you my all. I'm going to give you my everything. And I know there is always going to be people the next month waiting to come through my door. I used to worry. What if, you know, my slow months, I would worry so much, man. Man, what happens if I don't get students? Listen, I've been open 11 years now. I'm not going anywhere. Right, I could go two months not getting one student, which will never happen. All the work you put into the social media, the it's fact a, that you it's impossible, yeah, and you stay in touch with the people that you know you have influenced and have become successful as well. I don't mean to stay in touch with them. I mean like you're, you, you continue to have a relationship with them in social media and all that. Yeah, you, you cemented yourself a situation at least at this point in yeah. early 2017 where you know you're, 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 you're uh, I'm. I'm I'm sorry, I'm kind of over-complimenting, but it's like, you, if there are rock stars, you're setting yourself up to be one. In other words, you've done all those things, which has nothing really directly to do with beating the shit out of people on mats. It's, yeah, it's a exactly. separate thing, because, right? Yeah, because there's so much more than beating shit out, of, beating the shit out of people on the mats. You know what I mean? Like, And I see that. And that's what I'm trying to explain to these kids, Gary, Gordon. And Gary is actually just, I said to him the other day, I said, bro, I said, you're not shit. I said, you're nothing. I said, you're the kid who talks shit all the time on Facebook. I said, you have exciting matches. Ooh, you have Gary Tonin, the most exciting grappler. I said, in five years from now, people ain't going to know your fucking name. And guess what? They're going to know my name. And he didn't say nothing. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> we go back and forth. We always talk shit back and forth. I said, yeah. I said, how many students you got? 40? You fucking bum. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, uh, I said, because there's no reason he shouldn't have 500. I said that to him, and Gary let it became the old Gary again. And he's got like 35 students in like a month since I said that. Ah, uh-huh, just you know, trying, like, like recruit. So how did? What does he got to do to like go to get to to get to your level? Like, or you know, another level? Well, I mean, you guys are on. You're, you're different like parts getting, of the journey. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Just be, of, be be be. You know, just attention yeah. to detail for the most part. That's the biggest thing about a jiu-jitsu academy, attention to detail. People call, call him back. Yeah. Be careful with what you write. Because while he might get a 1,000 likes by posting something crazy on Facebook, he's getting a 1,000 likes from 10th Planet guys that are never going to sign up under him, but your middle-aged guy that would be willing to pay him yeah. $500 per fi- private lesson will never come his way because they think he's a jerk off. Yeah, I mm-hmm. am not getting in between you and fucking Gary Todd, <laughs> but I'll say... I love that shit. I mean, like, let me let me clarify. I love that shit. I'm not saying it's of good for business no, no, or not. Listen, of course, you I love, it. love that. Everybody shit. Everybody loves right, it. Right. Everybody loves right. it. It's and, hilarious. But let me tell you something. Right. But but yeah. but would you portray portray yourself that way? No, ex- exactly. No, right, yeah. Oh no, of course not. <laughs> no, 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 no. Tom, I'm a serious <laughs> businessman. <laughs> just like just like we love watching the protesters. No, it's exactly right. It's funny. Right. You're, like, You're not yeah, gonna right. be out there protesting. Right. I think I think I think that you know uh, uh, I come from the entertainment industry and the truth of there being no bad you know no bad uh, 
promotion in the end. The reality is that I, I think Gary's a, a great guy. We, we've met Gary. Gary came up and did a seminar at our place. Oh, He's that's the problem. The problem yeah. is, if he was a jerk off, I would have no problems with this because I would just yeah. say you're just a no. Jerk he's off. the best, but he's not. Right. He's a good kid. So I right. think. Listen, I seen Gary yeah. when he was in high school. Yeah. He would take the special needs kids to prom. He would. Awesome, he would guy, do yeah. things like he's that guy. He's the guy who walked. He he would pick up the special needs girl and walk her all the way up to bleachers. That's who Gary Tonin is, and that's who I know yeah. Gary Tonin, and that's what I want the world to see. And that's sometimes where he forgets. Like, yeah, Gary, I know you want to get that ten thousand dollars for a submission only yeah, match, yeah, yeah. but you could be a millionaire. Yeah. Learn how to be a millionaire. Right. I think I think the truth I think I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. I get the impression from my point of view that pretty much all the important people know that he's trolling. I mean that he's not you know, that he's pushing that that button and and I and I think a lot of people I sort I appreciate it. I'm not again, I'm not I'm certainly not uh, contradicting you. What I'm saying is that I can see that is one way of getting ten thousand bucks for a submission. And I completely agree with what you're saying, right. but but listen to my point now. Or all the all the important people are not the ones that are building your academy. Right, 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 right. Take it from the point of view: uh, is is this going to yeah. build your academy? No, I understand. Like yeah. that one ten thousand is like a short term thing. Yes, yeah, so you want you like want a, residual right. income, you know, and you want to build your brand to where down the line. Yeah, you also like you like every single person. And listen, he gives seminars everywhere, but I cringe every time he attacks someone because it's like, man, that's like five schools that are never going to have you at their school for a seminar. That's another five schools that are going to never have your school at your school for a seminar. Like, imagine I tacked your instructor on social media. You wouldn't right. have me at, right. at your seminar. You know what I mean? So, Well, listen. we probably would anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> true. Control, yeah, control, probably. Control the guys, but yeah. yeah. No, I totally get it. And he's, I, I, listen, yeah, he's yeah, only 24 it. years old. Right. He's right. a baby. And I've, I've seen a change in him the last few weeks, actually. Uh, as a matter of fact, just so I don't feel like I'm talking behind his back. <laughs> Hold on one second. Oh, Ladies and gentlemen, Tom's having a look at his cell phone right now. Hey, I'm just, I'm on a podcast and I'm talking about like how I told you, like what a piece of shit you were. <laughs> like, uh, we missed you, Gary. A few weeks ago. Come back up to Port City, I was buddy. like, bro, you're nothing because you only got, you got like fucking 40 students. You ain't <laughs> shit. After your little stunts done with your submission only, no one's going to remember your name, you fucking loser. And then, shit. and then, but listen, and then what happened? You got like 40 students in a month. You're like, fuck you. This is what I'm going to do. And that's who Gary Tonin is. And that's what I'm, that's what I'm talking about right now. See, I know how to push his buttons, though. Gary's not the type Apparently. of kid. Gary's not the type of kid. Like, before he competes, you could tell Gary, like, you could look at him and be like, listen, if you lose, go fucking kill yourself because you're horrible. And he will, he will find a way to win. You well, tell, tell me about to, that. You yeah. tell that to other people, they'll yeah. break. Uh, all right, so that's what I want to leave now. Love you, pal. <laughs> you tell the Tom's, Tom's shutting down the. Uh, hey, how do you voice figure out? There. How do you figure out how to treat each per? You know, how do you? How did you figure out? Like, this is how I got to. Oh, I know. Just by you know what I mean. The moment them, I yeah. the moment I talk to him, you know, most yeah. people aren't built like that. Uh, they can't handle that. You know, you got to You got to coddle most people. Most people are soft. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But they are. Yeah. Could you uh, clear out a little bit, just because. It all comes off fucking social media. Nobody knows what's real and what's not. So you're talking about uh, Gordon Ryan, Gary Tonin, <laughs> and uh, Nikki Ryan, right? Yeah. Are these... So was Gary your student or is Gary your student now? How does that work out? Gary was my first black belt along with Jen Allen. Oh, okay, great. So, I get you. So through me... Right. So well, Gary, Gary was in your academy. That's where he, he oh, went. He, solely under me... Okay, gotcha. When he, he, solely under me, he won the, uh, the World Championship of Brown Belt two times. Wow. The Pan American Games of Brown Belt two times yep. 
plethora of other tournaments. Where does that line up with like the Kumite? I'm trying to play devil's advocate for He the... was just under me when he was with the Kumite. Okay, gotcha, right. Strictly my student. Right. Won the ADCC trials. Right. Uh, <clears throat> he moved. <clears throat> he was going to Rutgers. Right. And Rutgers is like an hour and 10 minutes from me. Yeah. And uh, he started going to the city, which I strongly encourage. I would take him everywhere with me. And then yeah. he started training with John. And, uh, That's he John does, Danaher, yeah? Yeah. Okay. And he, uh, Gordon, I knew Gordon when he was 15, uh, before Gary knew him. Gordon used to train at Brunswick Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, my, my friend on the academy. And my friend uh, sold the academy to Gary. Oh, okay, I get it. Gotcha. And then Gary right. took over the academy, and then yeah. Gordon kind of just fell into Gary's lap as far as I was concerned. Right. And then, uh, you know, Gordon is Gary's student and John's student. Right. You know, uh, Gary is my student, John's student. Uh, but you guys Matt, still Matt, Oh, yeah, we train together weekly. And Matt Pletcher, too, is yep. Gary's wrestling coach, who's a very big influence on Gary. That's He's a great wrestler, man. Gary, Gary. Uh, oh, yeah. Phenomenal. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, you know, it's obviously from going around, but it's probably worth taking a minute to talk about it. You know, that that this kind of, that kind of approach towards training. It's not just jujitsu. It's a, a lot of different type of fighting arts. It's like the idea that you're being loyal. It's not, it's not about loyalty, but you can go around. You can take advantage of different people around. They can bring different things to your game. It's tricky because we're still, he's on their our banner we are right. team henzo yeah, i don't I mean like I if he went somewhere else yeah, right then that would have been that would have been not very loyal right but i mean but you're even what you're saying right now you're saying yeah like go in you know come with me let's go train here oh, yeah, let's go yeah. train like that you know that that doesn't happen in a lot of places i mean because people are going to be really protective of their super super protective of their brand probably in my um i certainly don't stand in a position to be able to judge but it looks from my point of view that you get too overprotective of your brand at some point. Like everybody can only come to your Tuesday night class kind of thing. And, you know, there's just nothing anywhere else. That's not even loyalty. That's just getting to the point of. You of know what it is with me? Like I have my my own accomplishments in my own life to where like right. I don't need to live off someone else. I don't need to live through one person. Where a lot of instructors, they live through their student. Right. Their student success is the only success that they've Yeah, tasted. they may not compete themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So they live vicariously through uh Yeah. Yeah, like I, you don't hear me like that's just not who I am. Like I I want what's best for everybody. Uh listen. I'll say two things. Like first of all, I love John. I think John's great at what he does. We have a great relationship. Uh I think that if Gary was still with just me, solely me, he'd be ADCC champion by now. But a boring ADCC champion, <laughs> right? Yeah, right? So right. now he's not ADCC champion yet, but he's very, very exciting. So it's like, yeah. which do you want more? You know what I mean? Uh, I believe in winning. I believe in winning. Yeah. That's what that well, that's what's most important to me. That's why I was brought up uh, under Ricardo, uh, under Hanzo. Was Ricardo and, uh, get promoted by Hanzo? Is that yeah, who yeah. he came up yeah, under? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And uh, well, Ricardo came here as a brown belt and then went directly under Hanzo. He was with uh, Gracie Ba in Brazil, a yeah. brown belt. And, uh, you know, so that's – and we have you this – You believe in winning. Yeah, we have this argument all the time. You know what I mean? Like, uh, And Gary agrees. You know, yeah. Gary agrees. And uh, But Gary does not believe in boring 
winning. Gary wants to find a way to be exciting. My whole thing is this. Jiu-Jitsu is not fighting. You're competing in a game. If that game is ADCC, you need to learn how to play the game of ADCC. Yeah. If it's EBI, you need to learn how to play the game of EBI. Yeah. If it's IBJJF, play the game of IBJJF. If you want to talk to me about being exciting and going for the kill, go fight MMA. Otherwise, win. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. That's it. And that's how I feel. And I'm not saying that's the right way. I'm just saying, like, listen, we can sit here and talk shit about competitions all day, but at the end of the day, like... I bet you the only people talking shit about competition are the people not winning, winning those competitions. Winning competitions, yeah. You know what I mean? And I don't agree with the Brazilian bias in IBJJF, and it's clearly there. It's yeah. it's crazy. Yeah, you're uh, in fantastic company. Again, this is almost 100% on this podcast, people yeah. talking about it. Yeah. You know, it, it's... Uh, but it's crazy the way things are very fixed at right. times, yeah. you know? Uh, but still, they reign supreme. So you must win under them. You know what I mean? To be relevant. Right, or just not compete there, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, but right. if you don't compete there, what are you going to do? You're just going to do, you're just going to. They're still the biggest show in the in the game. Yeah. Right? Exactly. You know, so I think they are important. Uh, so, I mean, then people say, oh, they don't allow helix. Well, that's just the game that they don't allow helix. Just like. Well, EBI doesn't allow eye gouging. Yeah. You know? Just like, like, yeah, just a, like soccer, line, you right? can't yeah. touch the, the, the ball with your hands. You're going to draw You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it is what it is. That's right. their rules. Right. And I love Felix. Right. So it is what it is, you know. So uh, to each his own. But I say it to Gary all the time. When it comes to life advice, come to me. <laughs> come to me. I, I Yeah. I mean, again, I don't want to get he, and, involved and, and, there. And, and, but, and, uh, yeah. but I can see it. I can see it. Especially as young, a young person. I'm not talking about Gary. I'm just being a little more, uh, you know, general. But young people... You know they gotta they gotta go through their lives and and I I think that as an instructor you know if I can put that on you you're gonna you see a lot of people go by and everybody's oh gonna God. make their decisions and you know what you think is best for them and you're probably right but they don't need to hear that they want to figure it out themselves and and everybody's gonna do that and you know the thing is like there's a it's a very real relationship that I have with everybody right that everybody I'm close to and. Uh, I was actually Gary wanted me to corner him in in Shug against uh, Hector Lombard, but I, I I'm so busy with my seminars I couldn't get right. there. And uh, you know, like I just want everyone happy. I want everyone like, man, like I'm messaging Gordon tonight. He's competing in Sapatero tomorrow. Gordon's going oh, through tomorrow, a tough yeah. time. He's been sick. He's getting like these pains in his stomach that he can't figure out exactly what it is. Yeah. And you know, I'm messaging him like mentally, like I'm always there for these kids. You know, they come to me with so much. You know, how old is he? Gordon's only 21. Jeez, you know, uh, and and when when they come to me with a lot, and, and and I'm willing to be there for them always, and we bust balls back and forth. But when the old when the old lion roars, <laughs> they know. Every once in a while, like this is a funny story. Like I take Amy and every night to sleep, and uh, man, sometimes I get crazy, you know, and uh, <laughs> and uh, when you take two Amy, put the phone away. No, no well, listen, listen. <laughs> I woke up, man, it was, I woke up at like four o'clock and I couldn't go back to sleep, but I took another Ambien. Ambien's a hell of a drug. Right, so it was like 7 a.m. And I don't know what the fuck happened. Like, I woke up and I got on my WhatsApp and I started, I was pissed about something. (laughs) And Gordon was like kind of like poking back. And I'm like, bro. And I'm like whispering, I'm like, bro, I will fucking kill you 
if you you're doing voice WhatsApp is what you're doing, right? Yeah, yeah, voice. If you say another word, I'll take your life. Gordon didn't say shit. Gordon didn't say shit. He disappeared. Okay, I'm over the line now. And then like, and I was going, I was telling off Gary, like I was going crazy. And Luke, my my suit moved to North Carolina. He was like, "What the fuck is happening?" I was like, "You shut the fuck up too, because you'll die too, <laughs> pussy." And uh, and then out of nowhere, I woke up and it was like nine a.m. and I like start talking. Like nothing's wrong, you know what I mean? Like, why aren't you guys talking to me right now? And then now? all of a sudden, I was like, oh. I was like, "What did I?" <laughs> I listened to messages. They were the best messages ever. I didn't apologize. I don't care. Fuck them. <laughs> it, was a, it, was a, it was amazing. Well, they don't even know. <laughs> Be but no, but they knew they were like, yeah, bro, like we, tell, we yeah. figured this is Amiel, but they also know he's like, off the reservation. They, they said, uh, Gary was who, who somebody asked Gary, they said, Man, like, do you think Tom, like, if somebody really, really fucked with Tom, like, would he kill him? And Gary's like, No, would no one would ever know if he would or not. That's exactly <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, you don't know, yeah, you know, know. I mean? damn right, you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> That's a hell of a relationship. Can it you, is, man. Can you take it from the opposite side? Like, because you end up here. Like, can you, do you mind taking it from the opposite side? Take it. Uh, give somebody advice. So, someone's new to jujitsu. They go in. They live. They don't live in New York City. They live, you know, somewhere reasonably, you know, uh, urban. And they go, hey, there's a jujitsu school, and you walk in, and you go for a little while. And you know you might you're not gonna know you're not gonna know whether this is the place or this is not the place you're not gonna know whether you're getting fucked or not you know the other guys in the other jujitsu schools around are gonna know where the good jujitsu schools are but how do you negotiate that and then when you leave aren't you I can't say that word how you say that word crayon crayon yeah I mean you can't just automatically be loyal you gotta you gotta figure out that loyalty I think you should talk to the instructor get to know them you know research them I think Google is a powerful tool you know okay I think there's a lot to learn about somebody through research. Go it's hard there. to find people who are going to go, yeah, I hate the guy that I'm studying with. You know, I mean, that's not going to happen. But I think, like, go and talk to him. See where you feel most comfortable. You know, like, it doesn't necessarily, that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be training with the world champion. They don't have to be a world champion. Well, when does loyalty... Not to be a good teacher, right? I mean, yeah. there's plenty of world champions. No, look at John. Right. He's like an old, bald cripple. <laughs> a hell of yeah. an old, bald cripple. And, and, and he is an yeah. amazing... Yeah, teacher no and he could speak very eloquently and speak very well you know uh no but i mean how does that because there's a tremendous pressure to be loyal and when is it or is six months the time to be loyal is it you're going for a year you're like this god damn it i didn't realize this guy's an asshole or, I think, or I, what i thought was normal you know beating the shit out of everybody isn't normal you know i think no see it's hard to ask me that because i, I was, know that's why i'm asking you. I, I, i'm loyal, sorry Tom. you know like, i understand but no 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 i want you i really me. i'm fascinated like, for your yeah, answer like, that's what i, I mean. was loyal like a loyal dog man you know and i went through some shit with my teacher through through the years i've seen things i've been around things and i've always been loyal to ricardo uh not everyone has. I've seen numerous of his black belts leave him and numerous of his students leave him. And, and loyalty must be a two-way street, you know? Uh, all right, all right, yeah. You have to give to your students as well and not just expect. But, like, what Ricardo gave me was, you know, the ability to run my own school. So I'm forever in his debt. No matter Absolutely, yeah. what he does or doesn't do for me, I always appreciate him for that you know and like i think nowadays everybody wants they want something you know and they run 
the first time things don't go well. I think that's why the divorce rate is so high, right? Everybody's quick to get divorced, you know, to where, listen, true marriage is not going to be all peaches and cream. It's going to be tough. <laughs> and truth, you, you got to ask yourself, like, listen, like, these fucking people, you know, and they're just acting like they're happy all the time. It's a lie. Right. It's not true. You know, people. It's just Facebook. Yeah. Like, I remember my grandfather, God rest his soul, you know, it, he would just be like, don't ever get married. Don't ever get married. Like, don't do it. And he couldn't live without my yeah. grandmother. Yeah. You know what I mean? yeah, there's another level of greatness. Yeah. That can come know, so from it's that like loyalty. For me, there was really nothing that Ricardo could do to make me leave him and that's not saying that that's right you well, know? I mean, again i'm sorry i feel like i'm calling you out i'm not it's just okay but but you're talking about I, ricardo I, you didn't start out with some douche you started out with a great no, guy but, but you know what though I, you know what though ironically i did leave my first school after a few months oh you did okay I didn't to that. find ricardo and the reason okay, why i left cool. my first school is because i couldn't get the training that i needed right. i couldn't get world-class training I wanted to be world-class. So for me, I wanted to be around people who were competing at a world-class level. To where nowadays, I think you don't nec- you could be world-class and not necessarily train with other people who have competed at that level. Jiu-Jitsu is just different. You know? right. at, that, at that time, that's all I knew. Isn't like Lucas Lepre down training like in the middle of nowhere in like North, North Carolina? Carolina yeah, right? like with nobody. Yeah. I mean, I, I apologize to anybody who's training with him. I'm not saying they're nobody, but... Jesus, I mean, not, he's, no, he's, he's kind of out in the middle of nowhere, right? right yeah. Like, yeah, I think so. And, and yeah, that's but I, awesome. Yeah. For me, I just wanted more at the time. So, like, I had people come through my academy with that dilemma, and they they want more and they want to train more high level guys. And listen, like, I understand that. You know what I mean? Like, if you're really gonna show up and you're gonna train hard and you want people to push you, like, I understand that. You know, but if you just have like, if you don't like to, like, if your instructor misses some classes or he's not you know maybe if he's not people expect instructors to be perfect yeah i'm not, not talking about that shit yeah you know, we're not yeah. so i mean for me i look at it like this if you're not happy in my school go somewhere else yeah go go be happy can you see can you see a, a like a do you take in guys who uh, let's say there's a, a whatever this ufc dude who's who, who says i want to come in here you know, I'm in, I want to take a, whatever, do six weeks in a training camp. I want to come here in the morning. I want to train with you guys. It, it, do you see that sort of a la carte kind of thing working for jujitsu uh, or not? Uh, no. I don't mean necessarily with you, but I mean, you see the sort of coming down the line. It feels like if you're going to be an MMA dude and you want to get the best, can you go find the best boxing coach? Can you find the it's best jujitsu right? coach? Yeah. yeah, that's what I mean. I, I, uh, I think no, because I think. Like MMA is would if you were to equate that to jiu-jitsu would only be super fights. So you don't have to necessarily oh, fight yeah. somebody that you train with, right? Right. Jiu-jitsu, like there's tournaments and you're always going to be competing against the same team. So to just jump around from teams. I mean, listen, I have visitors all the time, which is cool. You know what yeah, I, mean? I didn't mean that. Either. But I mean, just to like set up training camp in my school and then go represent another school. No, oh, sounds kind of weird. Yeah, it's not happening. Right. So there is no. It's, it doesn't set up like that. It doesn't set up like an a la carte thing. No. Yeah. So so it sounds like you have, I don't want to, you know, putting words in your mouth. Is it a team? Is it, is it, is it, it's a school, but it's, if everybody's working together, is it like, does it feel like a team? Oh, yeah. I have over 300 students. But I mean, they, they relate to one another like they're a team. Yeah. We, so we're so a bunch of Ronin. We're a team, Hanzo Gracie. 
Yeah. Yep. Ricardo Almeida, OCBJJ. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah, our team is we're strong, you know? Do you feel like uh, as you've gotten bigger, it's, I mean, when you were smaller, it seems like a small place, it's easy to be like a family, you know? Sorry, like, uh, is it harder to keep it like tight knit for when me, it gets no. bigger? No. no, for me, no. I, I know everybody. I have like a group on Facebook that's like, uh, it's just private yep. for our school. Right. And right. it's very easy for me to, uh, to keep in contact with everyone. Of course, you're not going to be on a personal level with everyone but i'm literally just a facebook message away and and i'm there for everybody you know so it's it's a little uh it's not very difficult for me to be a people person like for some people it's hard you know for me it's not hard i naturally want to be around people laughing having fun and we have fun in my school man you know i'm always busting balls like literally like sometimes i'll, I'll get in front of the class at the end of the class and i'll just be like you boy, you and i just like start talking shit fooling around you know yeah as a matter of fact let me see if my friend todd has stayed in his diet today <laughs> uh so todd we're talking about like different styles of the way you know how, how we are towards people and todd finally stayed on his diet now for a little while before i met todd let me tell you something so todd will talk shit to me <laughs> oh you're a bully to blast you're you're a you're a this you're that Todd had literally no friends. He was 317 pounds. Uh, I don't know how to get into his other habits, right? Just like just like a, a living dead person, right? <laughs> I Zombie. Brought, yeah, I brought you into our group, into our life, into our world, Todd. And guys, for everyone listening, I'm on WhatsApp right now saying this directly to Todd because my mom didn't raise no punk. And uh, without me, Todd essentially would be just nothing all right so i actually want him to call me daddy uh, he's <laughs> your daddy he's you know he's uh he's 45 years old he looks like he's much younger because he's eaten so much bacon grease over the years <laughs> it's filled his skin like botox uh so he looks like he's 32 now he's losing weight he's lost like 30 pounds nice. and he looks tremendous but nice. before me Man, like I said, I, I said he was 317. That's being kind. I think he was upwards of 350. Woo. Yeah? He wasn't 317. <laughs> I just got to fire up. <laughs> he's going to be so pissed. What's the uh, diet he's on? Uh, he's just this fucking guy. He, he would always be like, he would go like, so when he wakes up every day and he tells you your, his weight, we would know that he's on his diet, you know? So then, like, time would go by and he just. <laughs> He won't talk about his weight. Yeah. And then my boy Luke will message me probably like, bro, I need Todd's on his diet. You know, so I mean, Todd, what's your weight? He'll be like, whoa, whoa. You know, it's blowing up. I think I think yesterday, like, I, uh, there's, there's too much artificial sweetener <laughs> and uh, I, I retained some water. It's like, bro, listen, Twinkies aren't artificial sweetener. Yeah. This guy went to an all you can eat red lobster. He ate 123 shrimp. <laughs> I'm like, bro, like, what's wrong with you? You know, so. Now I think he's just eating cleaner and he's looking better and, nice. and uh, I'm happy for him. Nice. <laughs> hey, when you compete, like we were talking about you competing and you just pretty much stay, I mean, do you stay at the same weight most of the time and then just compete at that weight and you just sort of stay in shape or if you have a competition coming up, like, do you plan on that and like kind of do a camp for something or? Uh, well, depends. Like what happened was like, Last ADCC I competed at 217. I lost. I was f furious. I just made like a crazy mistake. 
and uh the worlds were in november adcc was in september and uh, i wasn't i wasn't really training between the worlds and between adc and the worlds and i got up to like 245 and uh they're like, man, they're like, just compete. I was like, I don't want to. I was like, I can't do 10 minute match right now. I'm not training. Like, do the Masters one division. Like, all right, that's six minutes, you know. And uh, I ended up winning the, the Masters one, the, the black belt, the absolute division, four matches. But I stayed like 245. So the ADCC National rolled around. And uh, I won the absolute division there. But then Gary and Gordon, they started like, just like harassing me. Like, bro, like, you were like a fat pig, you know. And I'm like, I didn't see it at first, you know? You're getting trolled <laughs> by not it. only your students, but these young people <laughs> yeah. are trolling you about being fat. Now it was good because it pissed me off, right. you know? <laughs> and then uh, I lost uh, I lost a ton of weight, like, quick, you know? And then uh, the last ADCC trials I competed, I was going to do 217, but since I ran them, I did the heaviest weight, so I weighed in at, like, 225. And, like, right now right. I'm, like, like 227, but I'll probably compete at 217 in ADCC. How far is, uh, when's ADCC for September. you? Yeah, yeah. So we got we got some time, yeah. but I mean the training never stops. So yeah, I mean I stay right around. I don't I don't cut too much weight for jujitsu. You train? Do you change your training up before like comp like this ADCC? Uh, I will. Yeah, like six weeks out for sure. You know, but not like too far. I mean, because I try train basically. Like, let's say I'm at least on the mats, like training live, like five to six days a week now. You know, so the intensity will just raise and fresh people more wrestling you know uh, but i mean to win you, you need two 10 minute matches one day and then a 10 minute match and a 20 minute match the next day so you gotta like i think a lot of people overtrain to be quite honest tour i mean i train a real lot but yeah the the, the the intensity will pick up but yeah i i try to stay in like in shape all the time just because i'm always training with people who are really tough so if you're not when in you shape, talk, you're dead. When you're talking about being in shape, you're talking about, mostly you're talking about making sure you're not getting tired. Is that what you're talking about? I'm not, it's not yeah, so, so for you too. But For me, it has directly to do with weight. So when I get over 230, I get tired. Oh, if okay. I'm under 230, right. I'm okay. That's literally my point. If I'm under 230, I'm fine. Yeah. When I'm over 230, I, I mean, also most people can't tell, but I can tell. You know? So you're upping the intensity for a number of reasons, mentally, physically. It also helps you drop, cut some weight. But you're, but what are some of the other things that you're trying to? What are you trying to optimize for that moment, from your point of view? Well, the thing is, in competition, people got to understand like you're gonna be tired, right? Like the first minute, you're gonna be tired. So you have to truly exhaust yourself. Some not every day, but some days in training to replicate that feeling of competition. You know, like you have to be in a spot that's like horrible because there's going to be a time in that competition where you're in a horrible spot, you know? So most people aren't ready for that, you know? So you don't want to be, you don't want to get shell shocked when you're out there. And like, I've been through it enough now to where it's good. It's pretty hard to shock me. Like I've been, I've been there a million times, but you just have to keep it real with yourself and you have to keep feeling that. And you got to learn how to perform when you're under distress. You got to perform accurately and sharply when you're, fully exhausted yeah again for people who are a little more casual listening along it's like you know you, you go to let's say you know you've been going for a couple of years or whatever and logically someone who's skilled at what they do on the black belt and in your case far above just a regular black belt level you're not going to get stuck under side control you know you're going to have a way out everybody's yeah. got a way out and all that stuff but sure enough flip on the world championships and there's some asshole getting stuck under side yeah. control which means everybody's going to get nipped. It's hard to see from my point of view, but you know, you just look at the tape and there's somebody who's having as miserable a day 
yeah. probably once every you know three times a year compared to you know someone else who has it all the time yeah i'm sure. not talking about you man but no 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 i i, I agree with you 100 percent. it's the truth so so there's a mental thing too you're feeling like i'm sharp i'm here on that that's what you're also optimizing when you when you're coming up to something on, at your level what are you trying to optimize for that moment you're you want to feel i personally i like to f- make myself feel miserable you know, and uncomfortable. Because competition is uncomfortable, you know, for the most part. You know what I mean? Like, the day of, like, you're feeling a little off. So I just I just try to replicate that feeling, you know, like, uh, and then if you happen to be put in a bad spot, you know, to be able to find a way out and, and come out on top, you know what I mean? Right. Uh, and that's essentially it, you know, to be able to go when you don't want to go. To be able to shoot when you don't want to shoot. To be able to move when you don't want to move, you know? And most people, man, they think they train hard. They just... They don't really know what training hard is. Like, I, I got to tell you, is there's not too many people that after five minutes when I train with them that they're still ripping and roaring. You know, like, right. they might be really tough at first five minutes, but after five minutes. The wind is out of the sails. Yeah, because I keep the heat on the whole time. Like, I'm not, I don't, I don't stop. You know what I mean? Like, if I'm. There's on, another if, one. Like, yeah, like if I'm in your guard, here, yeah. yeah, if I'm in your guard, like, I'm not yeah. resting on my knees. Like, I'm tripoding on you you're carrying my weight yeah like i'm just always making you work you know what i mean and uh it's part of the process because you're not thinking oh i'm gonna win in the first minute you're gonna win in the 10th minute you know like and uh, and maybe you will be able to submit your opponent the first minute but it's not always gonna work that way so you have to prepare for the whole entire match so yeah you you, i remember reading a comment a a while ago something that you put up because i want to get back to that i want to get back to a little bit where you know what's motivating you 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 being inspirational and you putting those things together. But one of the things you, you put up that really stuck with me was um, you separate. It seems like you separate out those who are going to compete and those who are not going to go compete. Yeah. And if you are going to compete, then I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you know, you would, you're going to show up right now and you're going to be ready to suffer. Be, this is going to be bad. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Can you just talk about that for a sec? Well, you're separating out. Why are you separating those things out? You mean for your students? Competition is not for everybody. You know, competition is a cold and lonely place, you know, and most people think they want to be competitors, but they don't once they really see what it takes to be a a competitor. And most people work nine to five. They want to come in. They want to train. They want to have fun. They want it to be an enjoyable experience, and they want to go home happy, you know. Competition training is not necessarily enjoyable. No, no. you know, you're going to break. You're going to push you to your breaking point every not every day, but often, you know, see what you're made of. You know what I mean? Like, how far could you go? And, yeah, it is a sacrifice because no one cares. Like, when you're competing, your opponent doesn't care about your life. You're, no one cares about what you're going through. It doesn't matter. Uh, so, yeah, your puppy died. I'm sorry to hear that. Train. Yeah, tend to train. Get yeah. to class. And I've had people resent me for these reasons, you know. They tell me I want to be a competitor, and then I hold them to competitor, you know, standards, and then they resent me for it. You know, I'm an asshole. It sounds like you put the the sign up over the door, which is we're now in, you know, we're we're in competitors. Yeah, but people day, think, you they know, think they is, want to be yeah. just like everyone wants to be an MMA fighter until they get punched. In the yeah, face. of course. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's yeah. a different animal. You know, and uh, right. I like it though. I like the way you, you you presented it. It's like you're you're putting the agency in in the hands of the person of the student. Students going, cool, man. Let's just let's let's fucking roll. This would be great. Yeah. And then students going, "Hey man, teach me to be a competitor." Yeah, you know. Uh, 
I think each of us has our own our own journey, but but I know whenever I've done that, it's like this is all this is out of my hands now. The co- coach is coach, and I best do this, you know. Oh well, yeah, and I'm not is, talking about within the last 15 years, but there you go. It's just let's take your friend Cody for an example. He just fought. Oh, Devin. Uh, Devin. Yeah, Devin. Yeah, Devin. Yeah, Devin. Yeah. And showed a ton of heart. You know, yeah. all the all the respect in the world to him. He's, ton of balls which if you've never been in that situation you still can't even understand right. i can't imagine what it must have been like had. just walking out you must his whole body must have been going run run well, run. well run. here's you the thing like, he's a competitor yeah. right he just fought you know he got hit with a lot of punches and his opponent wasn't necessarily that nice during the match it was taunting people are booing people are being mean i'm sure he could go on the internet right oh, now man. and find a ton of hate talking shit about oh, him. yeah yeah i don't think he you was know? ready to be stuck up like i don't think and i, I haven't even looked but no I just, it's there that's i've just seen what people, it for sure that's what yeah. people do when you lose yeah. right for sure you have to be ready for that if you're not ready for that you're gonna die you're yeah. done just like uh you know with anything you're going to do if you're going to be a doctor you have to go through intensive training if you're yeah, going to be a police right. officer you got to go through the academy if you're going to be a you know uh a soldier you got to go through basic training it's the same thing man you got to be ready mentally to to overcome the suffering and then if it doesn't go your way you got to come back and try all over again over and over and over and you know that that mental i'm using Devin as an example you know that mental thing's coming again yeah man every time away. yeah, yeah. <laughs> For sure. Just get used to it, maybe, I guess. Yeah. Um, well, I don't say, no, not maybe you guess. I'm sure you get used to it. I'm sure that's the do. point. You're going to go and go and go. I mean, I'm just talking about fucking musician, but yeah, I, I'll i play in front of anybody right now. You yeah. don't care how many people are out there. Yeah, it doesn't mean doesn't anything. Matter. Because at some point, but I wasn't like that, you know, no. a long time no, ago. No, that's the truth. Yeah, and, and of course, you know, fighting is way different, but. Still, I would imagine after a while, you you know it's coming, right? I yeah. mean, you see it. Do you have advice for someone in that situation? Not Devin in particular, but someone who's new to it, who's done it now, and now fuck. Like, I think you just got to remind yourself, like, this is no no different than training. MMA really is different than training, but that's why we would fight so hard in training right. to simulate an actual fight. Uh, but jiu-jitsu competition is the same as training. You know, you're just doing it with new people. You know what I mean? Like, it's... It's just jujitsu. It's it's nothing more than that, you know. I, there's no reason to get all nervous because whether you win or lose, there's gonna be a competition waiting for you after that. You know, you're not like you're not the end all be all if you win, and you're not the end all be all if you lose. You know, like it is what it is. You know, like you just gotta move on. You just gotta stay in the moment. Most of these jujitsu competition victories or losses aren't gonna change your life. No, like no, you still gotta go to work the next day. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to totally talk it down because. For someone who is, if that's their only thing, and this is something that they're not on the top of the world, they're going through their journey, this could be the most important thing, too. I it's mean, always getting the it most, up for the for It's the always thing. the most important thing until the next important thing. Right, right. Do you have any MMA fighters at your gym? Like, no, no? I don't want them. Yeah. I don't got time for it. I, at this time, I don't got time for it in my life, and I just don't want to deal with it at all. Do you have, uh, like competition classes where just like competitors come or is it just kind of i i used to yep. they were so intense and so hardcore to where i don't anymore uh i expect my competitors to prepare themselves yeah and i'm there all the time to prepare them 
You know what I mean? So what do you mean? So they'll they'll roll with the regular class, or they'll go off to the side, or that kind of thing. How do they get that uh, extra? We'll training? get some extra training. On that. I okay. get two mats. You know, right. like right. you know, we'll, we'll do extra training. There's open mats and stuff like that, or just roll right. extra, man. Roll longer. I've never had special competition classes coming up through the ranks. Right. I trained, you know, and I just trained hard. Like it's again, it's just jujitsu. Like train your matches, you know. Right. Know who you're training with. Know who to pick up the intensity with. Know who not to, and that's it. Is that, so Amanda's got. A, a question about like and maybe you just answered it but like do you do any special you know in your in your competition training when you're training for competition do you drill like certain things or do you do you do long rounds depending on what the rounds are of your tournament i try to so like when i'm not when i don't have a competition coming up i'll put the timer on for like 30 or 40 minutes and i have fresh people just come in Shark just, bait. Yeah. That's like my off season training. Uh that's easy days. Just I take like four people and have just they come in until submission or after every five minutes someone else comes in and that's how I train. Closer to the competition I I have the exact round I'll put so if my matches are ten minutes, I'll make them eleven minutes. Because yeah. what happens in right. matches is like if you go out of bounds, I stop the timer. Mm-hmm. You always so it's always over. Like by a minute, it seems. So you're trying to replicate the yeah, I replicate uh, the, the match exact. yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and I start doing that like six weeks out. The exact match that that I'm gonna, you know, length that I'm gonna have, I'll I'll replicate. So, uh, but wrestling is like we'll just wrestle for like thirty to thirty five minutes straight, like hardcore, or like forty minutes straight. When you talk, I, I see you, you know, you post about that. Is it Mark? You said like, Matt Pletcher. Matt. Matt. Yeah. Are you? Uh, what rules do you use for that when you train that way? It's like submission grappling, but so it's like we're wrestling, but like when we get to the ground, but not like, with wrestling rules. Yeah, so like when we get to the ground, we'll keep going, but like you, you have to like submit or stand up. Immediately. Right, stand up. Yeah, like you can't stay there. But the person on top is also not going to let you stand up. Right, they're going to try to keep you down. You know, so that's basically how it's it's tough. Do you run your regular classes? Uh, everybody starts standing. Whatever they want. Okay. So when it's time to train live, you can start standing or start from the knees. Whatever yeah. you want. Yeah, uh, I old, never start from the knees. Ever. Old judo dude noticed early on with the with, with the jujitsu when I was new new to jujitsu, trying to make the jump. Um, and and I'm a, a gi guy mostly just because I teach on the days we have uh, a no gi, which kind of sucks. I I love to get more uh, no gi, but it's it's hard scheduling wise. But uh, but noticing that one of the things jujitsu guys don't do naturally is they don't try to stand back up. Yeah. I mean, they have a tendency to just yeah. constantly attack. Do you think I'm crazy? I no, mean, I think you're right, and I say this to my students all the time: don't be a jujitsu guy. Jujitsu is such a lazy mentality, you know. Let's just start from the knees. Let's roll easy, like sit man, back. You're not your in butt. shape. You're not in shape. You're not doing nothing. I did right. four ten minute matches. What kind of ten minute matches did you do? Yeah. Did you lay in somebody's side control for ten minutes? You know what I mean? Like, what did you do? Right. So yeah, like my biggest thing now is to, and I'm actually going to go over this in the in the seminar tomorrow. Uh, you know, making people uncomfortable. Making them oh awesome great thanks you know, uh, <laughs> no 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 you'll understand tomorrow what I'm talking about I, I actually I, I think it's fantastic it's know, a great subject but you'll understand are tomorrow. they gonna stay down are they gonna stand up right or what are they gonna do so constantly keeping people guessing is, is making them uncomfortable right. and it's tiresome you know it's tiresome to keep up one of the uh, a tournament a long time ago it was a no gi submission only. And I was in it, and Derek was coaching me. He's like, I forget what happened, but he's like, stand up. 
And I stood up and I was just like, holy oh, shit. Oh, you can stand I up, can right? I can stand up. Plus, yeah, yeah, you're like, a fucking judo like, guy. Oh, like, wow, as soon as you I, stand yeah, up, can, you, you have grips, right. you have position, but you have movement, all this shit. The other it's guy one of those thoughts that eluded me until I was like, Jesus, I can just stand up. You did okay after that, too. Yeah, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's funny. No, okay. Funny. Well, so that's, uh, yeah, that's, uh, well, to follow out the thought, I think w- w- we have, the, when you're in a, th- this, our school has a tendency to, depending on who's teaching, some sometimes they'll, they'll teach a whole bunch of really cool new stuff. Some people are really, some of the, we were lucky to have a number of great instructors at our school. Some of them are real traditional. We'll hit this pretty much the same set, not necessarily the same thing every time, that kind of thing. And it's uh, guys like me, uh, I make, uh, I just whine about it a lot. Like all of a sudden I have this new fucking thing, right? Which I'm finally starting to get this weird, you know, the sit up from the De La Hiva thing, like this whole thing, right? And we go to roll and I end up lining up with guys who are training the, we just want to put pressure and, and be uncomfortable, which is totally fine. I can fucking do this, but I get zero time training my cool shit. I'm just whining. It's, it's the way it. It is. Do you do you work like a bad a lot of bad position stuff or like uh, try, you know, do you try? Are you talking about for Tom or put, for the students? Yeah, I'm talking about for Tom, like yeah. for you. Like, do you, you know, do you try new stuff with, um, you know, white belts or whatever and then bring it up to blue belts or do you just if you want to learn something new do you just like throw it in and i've been for me personally i've been put in so many bad positions over the years my defense is really really strong so i don't need to be there necessarily but also like i'll play around like if i'm tired one day like i'll let people like pass my guard amount and try things you know uh but i don't really like my defense is you know for the most part pretty good uh, but yeah, like different days, I try different things. Like some days, I just won't get my guard pass. Some days, I'll reverse as many times as I could. Some days, I'll only fight from the top. Now I'm fighting from top position much more, uh, just because ADCC really favors wrestlers. So right. I'm really doing a lot of wrestling for that and uh, change my game a little bit for that. But uh, I have my students start in bad positions all the time, you know. Or I'll start like, all right, we're gonna do guard pass drills. Person on bottom. You cannot reverse your partner. You could right. only not get your guard pass. Person on top, you cannot go to your knees. You have to pass standing. And then we go. And then they're exhausted. Like you're tired. You're tired because you're not disciplined in training. Because this is how you should be as a top man, you should be training like this all the time. You need to train discipline. Most people don't train discipline. They train comfortable. What that means is they start standing. What happens? You start trying to pass a guard standing. You can't pass. Mark my words. You can't pass. Within 60 seconds of not being able to pass a guard standing, you go back to your knees. <laughs> right? You're going to try something seconds, else, right? You're yeah. not 60 dis- seconds, you're you not, know? You're, yeah, but right. you're not disciplined. You should be able right. to live there. You should right. be able to live Keep there. Keep working it. Most people can't live there. You know? yeah. So I get my students to live there. And I'm like, listen, like, it's not that I'm in better shape than you. It's that I'm more disciplined than you in training. You know? and, th- and that's just what it comes down to. Staying disciplined at all times and, and training the way you're supposed to every single day. You know? No matter who you are. No matter what your goals are, you know, my, I have a 49 year old black belt, uh, good friends with them, very, very successful in life to get him comfortable with training live. I said, just don't get submitted. Just don't get submitted. Don't worry about position, just defend. So he went forever with, you know, letting people pass his guard, letting people mount him, and he's just not getting submitted. And he starts feeling like he's winning. You know? <laughs> and I'm like, bro, I'm like, so your jujitsu sucks, right? So now you have to not get your guard passed. And that was a whole different animal. You know, oh, you see, a you see a, a scale yeah. out of it. Yeah. yeah. I do that to all of yeah. them, you know? Right. And uh, there's just always something more to do. You know what I mean? Even for me, man, I have my own things that I need to work on big time, you know? 
I'm not going to tell you, but I have them. No, no, no. So, yeah, I mean, so so if you don't mind, uh, George, I want to go back to, to what we were talking about because we, you know, we can't do this forever here. Uh, so you, you you present to the world as, as bigger than, you know, uh, either – a world-class competitor or just a, or a great instructor, you, you have the responsibility of carrying the idea that you're, that, that you produce people like Gary and, and, and Gordon along with obviously the other people that they're working with. Obviously I'm sure you have some more hot people coming along and this is what you do, but you present a lot of the time as almost like an inspirational figure. Like you're going to, you're going to put things up on Facebook. You're going to, make comments that are bigger than jujitsu yeah. that are about approaching life and all that right yeah and i i, I think uh, it's almost like a duty that i have now i think it's like a, a responsibility that i have now you know like people people expect it like if there's I, no question they do yeah if i stop posting a lot of people thousands and thousands and thousands of people will be disappointed i think a lot of people find a lot of inspiration well not i don't think i know they do so it's just it's like a, another part of my responsibility and my job and the, what I have to do, you know, it's like, it's, it's, I'm sorry, I've said this to my wife. It's no, uh, it's no question. Cause she's like, where are you? <laughs> where are you? I'm on the fucking podcast. We're in the barn. That's where I am. Woman. Uh, woman. We're uh, in the barn. So, so like, it's just, and, and, and I've always had a sense of being able to do that. And like I said, we, we talked before, I think we all have our story. You know, and when you when you overcome it, it just says a lot. But I I could speak well. I've always like I was never good at math. I could always write really well. You know what I mean? Right. So like I have the ability to express myself fairly fairly well. And that was actually one of the things I was worried about when I fought MMA. Like I don't want to fight so much to where I can't express myself anymore. You know, I want to be able to word things and 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 sound intelligent and, and oh you mean little just yeah you mean from taking damage yeah i yeah. don't want my head to be beat in too much yeah. you know so yeah I, I mean i think more and more i'm going to transition into that motivational type thing and, and speaking and well and you seem like really that. natural about it it doesn't feel like it's put on and no, not sure put on not. it what i mean is it doesn't feel like you're stopping your day to go i think i should be inspirational right now it yeah. just feels like that's what you're you're feeling right there's so many thoughts going through my head man like i have to stop myself you know what i mean it's like sometimes it's like man like like lately i'm, I'm posting way too much on instagram you know I, I gotta post i gotta stop you know but it's like every they're all being welcomed all my posts i mean like four or five posts a day people are, are really enjoying them but at the same time it's like i want to only post maybe once a day or skip a day but at the same time like it's like i have so many thoughts and so many things going through my head like i don't want that I don't want to waste that thought. You know what I mean? Like I should just write it all down somewhere. I don't know, man. It's I don't speak for you, for you, George. For me, it feels like um, when I see you post, it feels like talking to you right now. This you're being authentic, yeah. right? And uh, we talk about this on the podcast a lot. I mean, the idea of being true to yourself, being authentic, it seems so logical like this is what humans should fucking do yeah. but there's a lot of temptation to be to try to be like bigger than yourself or somehow optimize what you put out to the world don't show them the the weak shit but if you're being authentic which really comes across in the post this is one of the reasons why i was really excited to get you on the podcast it wasn't necessarily the jujitsu part but i'm fascinated where all this this comes from you you talked about it if you're being really authentic then 
there isn't a timing. It doesn't matter if you fucking do 10 a day or one every 10 days. You're just being real if that's really what it is. And that's funny because... Of course, you can have haters, but... Oh, yeah. And that's one... You know, it's funny because you could also get me like, you know, around my, my core group of friends or around the people. You could Even some of the posts I put in my in my group, like... Or some of the trolling that I do on Facebook, fooling around. It's like, there's a man, there's many aspects of me, you know. So just because I do show the inspirational part most, doesn't mean that there's not other sides to me. But like, I'm not gonna get on there and I'm not gonna post about my heart. Me personally, I'm not gonna post about my horrible day, and show that side of me so much. You know, I oh, I talked a little about it tonight about how. I'd smash somebody's face, but I'm not going to spend all day on Facebook talking about that. <laughs> right. you know I mean, like, of course, not, it's yeah. like we have to pick and choose what, what we're going to, which side of ourselves we're going to portray. So that is a side of me that I have, you know, like, man, like we're talking about somebody like I did this. You, do, you, do you see this? Yeah. This, uh, I branded that in myself when I was 16 years Tom's old. Tom's pointing to a brand on his arm. Yeah. Of a cross. And uh, we did it with a hot hanger. We heated the <laughs> hanger. Pressed it in my skin. Yeah. You said we. Yeah, my friends. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't do the shit. They did it to me. You know, you, you know, you, you smell the skin burn. You know, you, it sizzled. It, 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 yeah, the skin peeled off with the. Uh, yeah, it did. Yeah, with, with, with the hanger. You know, and for me, I wanted, I wanted to. Uh, it was important that I felt that suffering. You know, and that's not normal. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's not normal for a sixteen-year-old kid. Maybe it's not normal, but it's it's who it, I am. It's what you were. Yeah, that's and, what's authentic. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, from forever, man. You know, I would have friends that would be, you know, because I, I coming up to high school, I would never drink or smoke or anything. Right. Uh, friends, oh, you think you're too good, or you think of that, but we know who you really are. Fucking haters. Shut up, man. You know, like who who am I? I'm a guy who makes a lot of mistakes, but I try to better myself and I try to help people overcome the same shit. That I overcame, and I and I know one thing, man. I've I've had so many people like close to suicide message me and email me, and I've directed them to hospitals or doctors, and I've talked to them that I I don't have to do it. I don't post it on Facebook. You know, people are like oh Tom posts a lot on Facebook. Yeah, I don't post a, a quarter of the shit that I could post. I don't post a quarter of the donations that I give, what I give away, money I give. I don't never talk about that. You know what I mean? So it's like. Anybody who has shit to say, I always say this. How many people have you helped today? How many people have you helped this week? You know, I'm confident that in one week, I help a lot of people. And then you're going to get to be like, oh, but you're saying you help people. Shut the fuck up. You know what? Yeah. Like, shut up. Is that, I mean, is that what, like, your goal is now becoming, like, bigger than jujitsu? You know, like. Yeah, like, I I know there, I know Dylan Dennis has has said that he's the first jujitsu athlete to uh, really crossover i know he, he took some pictures with jennifer lopez and, and he hangs out with rappers and stuff like that and that's cool you know i don't i know dylan from when dylan would train him before with connor you know what i mean like dylan was always a very respectful boy to me and uh face to face i'm sure he'd still be a respectful kid you know but i truly believe i am going to be the first jujitsu guy that's re- and i believe i'm doing it already that's really crossing yeah. over yeah, yeah to mainstream in a different way not just for like entertainment taking right. pictures of yeah, rappers too, this, you, you gotta be you gotta be aware you're talking about two different things yes. i mean this that, that aura of anything that touches conor mcgregor in 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 january 2017 is yeah. gonna go it's gonna have a, a lot of gold stuck yeah. to it it's just the way it is i mean that you're not talking about regular celebrity you're talking about like yeah 
you know, global celebrity, and that's going to happen with anybody. But you yeah, know, watch how. Uh, I, again, I don't know any of these people, but uh, but boy, wow, there's there's some uh, there's some karma that goes along with that. Look at what John Jones did to the kid. It's like, and wow, like, man, are you sure you want that kind of heat? You know? Yeah. And, and listen, like, because John Jones knows what to say. You know? And, 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 and then, and that's the thing. Like, I'm trying to build stable longevity. You know, that doesn't go away. To right. where, like, you know, if, if I, I just want a brand that lasts to where, like, I'm not, I've actually, it grew, my brand grew really fast, faster than I expected. Some of my time hop will pop up on Facebook, and I'm saying, I've been saying the same shit now for a long time. A lot of it's very similar. And uh, I haven't changed as far as that's re- concerned. But I think, you know, it's like, I don't want to jump to the, I, I don't want to, try to get ahead of myself like i don't want to build fame off bullshit i don't want to build fame off off being a jerk off like i want to build because those guys that's not long term anyway right i mean well, is look, it? At, look at poor ronda right now you know yeah. I mean? look what she's going through you know right. god bless her man like i hope she recovers but like it's tough you know like essentially what i want to do is help people and i feel you know in order to like the bigger my audience builds and like the more people I'll be able to touch and the more people I'll be able to help and the more people I'll be able to entertain because some things I, I put a lot of stuff on Facebook just to make right. people laugh, just right. to entertain mm-hmm. people. And I think most of all people feel like, hey, you know what, like Tom's not out of reach. You know what I mean? Like I'm I'm just a dude like everybody else that like... Driving around East yeah. Boston with George. And a, and a salt and pepper, pepper car. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the thing is, but you're, see, the other thing is you're, out, you're, you're com- not still, you are competing. You are, competition is part of your life. Yeah. And it, whether you continue to do that or not is, you know, that's up to you. But I feel like that kind of stuff means this isn't some dude. If someone doesn't know you and they come along and and, and find out about you or they see something that you wrote, you know, you're not you're not some social media dude. You yeah. know, you're there's actually something going on. And this is actually a separate part that's going on as yeah. well. And that's a cool thing. And it also gives your words a little bit more meaning. I think right. Well, I come from a, like a what they call it a maker culture. It's like a, a creative, right? You know, yeah. and so if someone goes and whatever make a piece of music and they put it out, you know, uh, or, or or video games. I work in the industry. People put shit out. It's like the marketing guys on uh, on, on one of the I, I, one of the games I worked on was getting shot on, and it's like the marketing guys will say straight out, it's like it, you're going to have what's the ratio of people who enjoy what you do. And that get on the internet and write something about it compared to the people that don't like what you did and get on the internet and write something about it. It's like you probably 15 to one, 15 people like, oh, I loved it. One of them's like, this is the fucking worst piece of shit. How many of the other 14 are getting on the internet to go? I had a good time. It was enjoyable. How about this? I really like it when Tom posts like people don't get on the line. That was an enjoyable post. They're either going to really love it. I'm going to drive them nuts or they're going to come up with some bullshit because you pissed them off because you called out something mm-hmm. in their life that they're not yeah. doing. So f- haters get, are 15 to they 1. They all think man, you're talking you know. about them. Ha, Personal. So, yeah. Why is Tom talking about me yeah. like that? Who the fuck are you? <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's true. I mean, you look at a musician who goes and makes a piece of music and it's like someone is like, oh, that's the worst fucking, so pre- Yo, whatever. Jazz is really pretentious. Why don't you just fucking entertain? You know, you're like, have you ever even made anything in your yeah. entire goddamn no, life? Nothing. And now you're talking about actually fighting, or in this case, jujitsu or whatever. I mean, this is. <laughs> I make music. 
and I go to jujitsu class. I'm a relatively successful musician. Jujitsu is way the fuck harder than music. Right? For, it, it, for it, you. It's right. really hard. No, but I mean, like, when I fuck up as a musician, it, I, I obviously it's, it's got its own it's got its own journey, but it doesn't hurt when I fuck up. Yeah, I don't, sure. I don't wake me. up the next morning and go, "Oh, god damn it! I can't believe I, I'm yeah. having trouble getting out of bed because I fucking played in a minor key." Hey, where do you see like <laughs> where do you think like jujitsu as a whole is is going like you know next? Is it like uh, I know, think it's getting bigger and bigger. You know, uh, for sure. And I hope it keeps growing. I know there's a lot of tournaments that are coming around and, and, and I hope they they keep building and there's more opportunities for athletes. You know, I don't know if it'll ever, I mean, more and more people are starting to make a lot of money, you know. Uh, so I, I don't think it could die off. I think if anything, it's just going to, we've been here for a while. Yeah. And, it, you know, and it's just, uh, I think it's just going to keep growing. Hopefully, more it'll get more popular than MMA one day. We'll see. Right? Okay. Ask some provocative questions. So, uh, so uh, the gi is it important? Yes. Okay. Where? Like as part of the journey, or is it a different thing? Someone goes gi, someone goes not gi. Man, you should have the gi on until you're. I I feel, I feel it's very important. Personally. Beautiful. Yeah. You know, you know, once you're like brown belt, you know, then you know you can shed the gi. Yep. Uh, I think it's important. Takedown game, gi, no gi. If your if your if your no takedowns are are like are dependent saying, on the lapel thing, are you saying I think fuck that shit? I think wrestling's king. Okay, that's what I'm getting yeah. at. Okay, right. But then like Travis Stevens, right. Travis Stevens yeah. is a savage, you know. But personally, I think yeah. wrestling's. King. I think anybody coming out of uh, the Jimmy Pedro camp is going to have that that yeah. set of grips and shit. All right, uh, uh, EBI with slapping. <laughs> <laughs> Madness. <laughs> Madness. <laughs> a bunch of jujitsu guys just slapping each other. That's, that's coming. Go, that's right? gonna make even more high level guys that aren't doing EBI shy away from it even more. It's gonna become more of an MMA show. Well, I, I hope they don't replace EBI with EBI with slapping. I thought it was like a separate thing. I no, I, I love this whole shit. I mean, we get this on the, on the podcast all the, all the time. I always think like fucking rules that make, people make up are always arbitrary, right? Man. And it's, so it's like, so it's like, well, the reason why EBI is great is because you can do all these other cool things. You're like, okay, great. Well, you can't slap. Well, now you can slap, but you can't, you know, like, yeah, fuck this. Come on, man. Stop. I don't know. I mean, I'm not. I just want to see. I want to see people get, the, get their face slapped. Sure. I think it's gonna be entertaining. It's gonna right. be funny. I know Boss Rudin is into it. It's gonna it's be like funny. The fucking pose. I've been pose. trying to get Gordon to have a, a slap match with me. <laughs> oh, like I will beat. Are the they are they slap matching from standing or no? They? Only from the ground. Only from the ground. Yeah, no overtime. You can't do it from the feet. <laughs> what a shit show that. Uh, other provocative questions. Uh, at, at what at what point in your jujitsu journey? Maybe you just go belt wise or whatever. Should you? Uh, super concentrate on being super, super, super strong. Like, like, just fucking stop your technique and go lift weights so you look like that oh boy. portion of the people that are black belt. Yeah, yeah, black belt for sure. Solid black belt. Then strength matters because nothing else matters before that anyway. Yeah. Right? Does so? Do do competitions? You know. Where they break it down by belts and people are running around like world champion blue belt. You're, um, you're, you're taking my next provocative question, but go, uh, ahead. go ahead. Like, I mean, <laughs> I have one more sandbagging for belts. You know, what, 
it happens out there. Yeah. Uh, I would switch around. Do you do you, do you uh, do you for, do you, can you see a way to to create a standard of breaking up competition brackets according to like advanced, not so, advanced, so that kind of thing. I think if you're a competitor, you should only be your belt for the minimum time. So in IBJJF, the minimum time you can be a blue belt is two years. Minimum time you can be a purple belt is a year and a half. Minimum time you can be a brown belt is a year. All right. Um, okay, hold on. Let me catch up. So the minimum time, meaning that according to IBJJF, there's no maximum. You, you can't. Right. You there can't be, a, be a brown belt for less than a year. Yes. If you're going to follow the rules, Correct. obviously you could be for 13 years. But yes, right. and that's bullshit. Like you should right. not be a blue belt for five years competing in blue belt divisions. I don't think that's right. I got to be honest. Some of the blue belts that win on the, I just watched some of the uh, was it Europeans. And the fucking some of the blue belts are like man, they're like unbelievably they're like good. They're like your average, like crazy brown good. I mean, com- competition brown yeah, belt it, type it, shit. It's, it's crazy. Throwing, and it's not some trick. It's like really good no. jujitsu. Yeah. It should be uh, there. Should be a maximum, you know. Yeah. To where you have to you have to go to the next. belt. So you would solve the problem with the amount of time. You wouldn't you wouldn't say when you win blue belt nationals, you are automatically popped up kind of thing. Uh. No, I think if you win a world title, you should be automatic. That's what I mean. At some point, yeah, you're pulling yeah, up for sure. Thing. Right. Okay, the, the last one's not quite as provocative, but it's, it's the last one that's on my list of, of shit that I really wanted to ask uh, Tom to blast. So, um, again, going through as you learn your, your stuff, um, one of the things that people have a, a, a problem with with things like leg locks, wrist locks, nick crank, you know, whatever, the, a lot of whatever people call prison rules these days it's not really as much because it's a little more common (laughs) um i think one of the problems that people have with it is at lower ranks people will try to come up with something that their peers can't answer so i think like rather than going you know and spending the time passing the guard or doing whatever that they're going to fall back into some weird inverted heel hook thing just knowing that nobody else at their level is going to know it, right? And they're just going to rule the rule the academy for the next. It, at that point, is the goal to have all the other blue belts stop and learn how to do the defense, or is it? Can you just weigh in on that a little bit? Because so, uh, I'd like to believe it's not just a matter of knowing the one trick that no one is quite caught up with. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't believe that. Like, I tell my blue belts, like it doesn't matter. Like, don't worry, like technique will equalize a purple belt brown belt you know what i mean like for sure a purple belt you really start you really need to start learning how to defend leg locks if you're going to be a nogi competitor uh before that you know work on your jiu-jitsu you know like don't spend too much time working on your leg locks because what's making your leg locks good is your jiu-jitsu like your ability not to get your guard passed your ability to pass the guard the options to go for the leg if you just have leg locks like you don't have anything else you're not dangerous you're never gonna get the leg right you're not even gonna get there you know what I mean? So I think I think the fundamentals of jiu-jitsu are always most important, you know? And then, of course, chaining together attacks and looking for submissions. Right. So, sorry, that's not going on to the recording. <laughs> We're listening in headphones and we have some funny sounds going through. Yeah. So then I guess the last one, that, that the follow-up with that is that for a while, I feel like even at the on the opposite, on uh, the very, very highest level, you look at guys like Keenan, uh, Cornelius, these guys will come up, will like show up at the beginning of the season with this thing. You know, remember where Wormguard came along, right? And all of a sudden, it, like everybody's got to solve that shit. Um I mean, personally, I like watching that. I think it's neat watching how that goes. Do you feel like the technique set for jujitsu is kind of 
leveling off now you you guys really when i say you guys i mean certainly the the group that people will will tie to your name and to tie to to denner's name and uh, oh, yeah, for have, sure. have they really extended the the, they the revolutionized set. Legs, yes right yeah i mean do you feel like there's another whole are we finally getting towards the end i mean are we seeing not the I end it, end i but, think everything's gonna cycle what do you mean right so i think like we'll start seeing things that we've seen you know Barambolo will get stronger again than deep half you know, guard or something. Yeah, like I, I think we'll everything goes through a cycle. History repeats itself. You know, uh I think there's always something new. I, I don't know necessarily what it's gonna be because uh if you knew that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. But I mean there's shit that happens all the time that I see that I haven't seen before, but I just assume I that you know, that I do, that I, I don't think i created it i just assumed somebody else did it yeah. before you know what i mean uh so yeah i think there's always going to be something new or something recycled that seems new right. again cool is it cool if we uh take a road trip down and train with you down at your place and <laughs> podcast again yeah for sure awesome man. absolutely awesome i told him it was going to be like an hour i think i don't even know how long it's been but it's been a while i think that that, uh, that, that, that tom at this point has figured uh, out that you you have a tendency to sort of live in a in a in a different metaverse than everybody else does. Nothing you said uh, it's all good. Ah, no, but what I did he tell does you, he does pay he does pay his uh, seminar fee though. So I did say I did bring up this guy that got pressed to death in Salem and during the Salem witch trials and his name was Giles Corey. What do you mean pressed? He was okay. Just, he was just, not burned. Keep it short, but go through the story. He was go. Not, everybody else was burned. At, this guy okay. in 1692 was pressed. To death. This is you're talking about one of my phobia. I have very, very being few pressed phobias. to death. Uh, 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 being like buried alive is the only one that I can't even think about. Like According I won't go into those fucking Spartan races because I won't go through the little thing. If I can't see the other end of it, I don't want to be in there. You know. According to law, I, I could do at it the anyway, time, Riddler, a person who refused to plead could not be tried. So he didn't plead. So he was stripped naked with a heavy board laid on his body, and then rocks or boulders are laid on the plank of wood. And then they, you know, I think this went on for like three days, and they just kept putting rocks on, and they'd ask him, do you want to plead? And he'd say, more weight. And then he just kept, they kept putting the rocks on. and uh, Living on the edge of badassness and stupidity more weight riddler what would have happened if he just said and pled they would have killed him anyway i right? think they would have uh oh my uh did this sorry this guy is uh mark my friend mark he's running the uga in march it's a grappling tournament uga it's a local tournament uga wanted me to give him a shout out yeah, so. yeah. shout out any anything you Where can is it? right now it's a new, it's gonna be in new jersey uh so United they, Grappling yeah, Association, yeah, I guess. United Grappling Association. Nice. Great event, man. Great local event. Yeah. I encourage everyone to get out and compete. Uh for sure. I know I know uh my instructor that, that teaches for me, Craig, he'll be listening to this. So I love you, buddy. Shout out to you. Uh did you did you just get uh you're the guy who just got uh called out? By David Mitchell, yeah, he called me out. Yeah, he was he, he was cute. What happened in the end? You're not gonna do that. No, not. I mean, if we end up running into each other, it's fine. But he if didn't. someone puts up ten grand, you do it. Yeah, like he got to make sense. <laughs> like he got he got to make sense. There are me. guys out there that would put up the ten grand. Maybe I not for him, David Mitchell. I but, told yeah. him I would. You know, like if he wanted to match it. But uh, yeah, he 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 didn't get me mad at all. He was funny, but yeah, he was talking a lot of shit. 
but nothing like too bad, you know. Like, I, I mean, I, as you get bigger, I don't know. Again, I'm just talking about entertainment industry, but it's logical that other people will attempt to make yeah. their name off your name. And and I thought you handled that just so in a very classy fashion. Ooh. Oh, I, I had one more, one more. Did, has anyone ever actually stolen your goddamn phone and ha, written ha, shit, ha. or or not? I can't tell if you guys are fucking trolling each other or me, or maybe that's what you want. So you can plead the fifth if you want, but. Sometimes it looks like someone stole your goddamn phone. Man, here's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> I've been asked this question a lot. Oh, really? They 100% steal my phone. <laughs> they do. You yeah. can fucking change your password. It, it, I can't change my password because... Uh, well, you I, don't have to say why. But okay, well, right, because right. I use this phone for my Spotify, so I have my password <laughs> open. I have my phone open right. all the time. Oh, wow. You're in the training. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so it's not a password thing. It's that yeah, it's going to be open, open on fucking so Spotify. So I get my... My uh, my password or my phone, and he'll write stuff on it. Uh, Gary will write stuff on it. They're pretty funny. They're uh, yeah, they're they're horrible. They're horrible people. They are very funny, funny, funny uh, people. Todd actually tried to eat my phone one time. <laughs> oh, he's uh, hungry. Well, I had I had a I, I have like a he ate was, all the shrimp. Well, no, listen, this is a true story. It was around Christmas time, and I had like a like a turkey or something on my phone, and uh, I come up to my phone. I left my phone out, and Todd. Came on my phone. He was like smelling my phone and like, oh, I'm so hungry. Todd hungry. It was so weird. Uh, that's why he has trouble with his diet. Yeah, man. But uh, he's skinny. He's losing weight now. He's getting skinny now. So I'm very happy for him. Uh, oh, really, also shout out to my uh, my Puerto Rican black belt, Miguel. Uh, Miguel. What's up, Miguel? Big brown Miguel. Uh, you know, my whole OCBJJ team. I love you guys. How do they, where do they find you guys? If if someone's listening, they don't know how to find you. How do they, how do they get in touch with you, man? You just go on the Facebook and you type in Tom the Blast, and yep. I shall appear. <laughs> All right. All right. Say it three times. Yeah. That's, hey, yeah. good luck to Gordon tomorrow in the Sapatero. Go out there, kick ass, man. Uh, yeah, you know. Thanks for coming, brother. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, it's super inspirational. Thank you very much for taking the time. Thank you. And I'm sorry that you had to get in the car with the uh, with uh, baby Jesus here. Dude, so. I don't know why it smells like salt and pepper. I have no idea. Give <laughs> me back to my room. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, Thanks, thanks Tom. We're Peace. Guys. Take care.